the recording. There we go. I'm pretty good. I'm in a conversation with crazy people talking about whether or not Voldemort was a virgin. Well. You mean crazy people other than us? Yes. And and I said. Hang on. Ask them if they want to be on the call tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I said that I could see him, you know, experimenting as Tom. And then one person said, could you just imagine what Dumbledore would have showed Harry had he found old memories from Tom's lady loves? And I said, I started to say that Dumbledore would keep them to himself. And then I thought, no, he probably wouldn't. And she said, we asked if he was a virgin, not did he have sex with a woman. So Dumbledore may have kept the memories for himself. (laughs) I don't think Tom Riddle was gay. (laughs) Yes, he was. Him and Quirrell. Oh, Oh. Only only in the very Potter musical was he gay. In canon, but he was not gay. the reason it's so perfect is because it's true. For if they knew that you lived, that when Harry Potter destroyed you, your soul lived on. Yes, that when my body was destroyed, I was forced to live in the forbidden forest, eating bugs and mushrooms and ugh, unicorn blood. Until I found you and let you attach yourself to my soul. Yes, nobody must know any of that. How do you spell squirrel? I don't want to spell it. Q U uh hold on. Q U I R R E L L. Yeah, that's basically it. I have bad spatial like I can't lo- think about a word. You don't that. even know the right word here. It's s- spelling. Spelling. That's not spatial. Uh, <laughs> no, but 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 you know like spatial I forget the second word, but spatial something where you can like think of a word in the air. And, like, know how to spell it without writing it down. I am Tom Marvel or Riddle. <laughs> exactly. I can't do that. <laughs> I'm stupid. I have no. to actually write it down like a normal person. No, you're not stupid. Are no. you friends with Dan on Facebook? Kat? Which Dan? Daniel. Yes. Did you see the picture of him in the wild shirt that they just posted? It looks like it, it looks like a wallpaper shirt. It's pretty um, hideous. <laughs> Which shirt? Yeah, I'll see if I can pull up a link. Oh, he graduated! Yay! I'm all in favor of graduation. I'd like to give a shout out to my dad, who Yay! has he has graduated from college with his master's in history. That's Daniel is cool. such. A- they accepted his thesis, and he has done some unique research. And one of his advisors said, this is an all-new area here. No one's ever looked at this question before. Wow. Yay. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. And one of the places where he did his research has asked for a copy of his thesis to put on display. Wow. That's awesome. And this thesis, if he added just a little bit to it, he could probably turn this into a book. Wow, that's really cool. Huzzah. My dad, he uh, he's nuts. <laughs> well, at least Content we know where you got it from. Content is currently unavailable. What's that shit? Oh, because you're not friends with Daniel. Guess okay. not. No, because you didn't put it into... Hold on. You had to say view image and then copy it over. Because then everyone can see it. No, it's okay. You should be able to see that one. Okay. Yay. Who am I looking at? Um, this is one of the old Why members. Why is he in first position? <laughs> uh, I don't know. 
I think they were at a play or something, but I'm not at all sure. I have no idea. When I had long hair, it looked way better than that. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Dan. (laughs) Me, me, me. So I thought I finished the reading, and, and I went to physical therapy, and I had finished everything else I was listening to, so I thought, oh, well, I'll just listen to the last few minutes of this. And I turned it on, and it was them having sex. And I'm like, ooh, I can't listen to this at physical therapy. Turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, at least the author saved the really mushy stuff for last. So, you know, I can get yeah. good, and gr- good and drunk on this podcast. Okay. I stopped and got a mic on my way over. Hooray. I have, I have, I have uh, Jack and Coke. Mm, nice. I have Samuel Adams' Porch Rocker which is inspired by traditional Rattlers that makes beer with German-style lemonade. Our brew blends a Bavarian lager with lemons for a fresh-squeezed lemon taste, effervescent sweetness, and refreshing finish. A malt note and hint of hops balance out the unique lemon character. Cheers. Nice. It's quite tasty. The other one I got is the Whitewater IPA. Mm-hmm. I do love when Sam does their special stuff in the summertime. They come out with some great stuff, particularly tasty flavors. Mm-hmm. And I went down to my employment agency and filled out paperwork, so I start next Wednesday. Yay! Yay! I am so excited. And I got an interview on Yay! Friday. Yay! I think. I think. Unless they wanted me to come out on Tuesday. But it's just for an internship. It's a paying internship, which I'm, you know, I'm not picky. Mm -hmm. No, no, something that pays. Always good. Yeah, pay is good. uh, So, Sue. Yes, sir. The the edit of 143 is done. Okay. I have put it in the PMCast uh, account. Okay. uh, Under final episodes or final edits or something. Okay. I have to get that back. When my computer crashed last night, I had to. I lost everything, so I have to get your computer crashed. Well, uh, Skype crashed, and then it wouldn't load. It, I'd click it to load, and it would come on, and it would immediately turn off again. Click Interesting. And I'm like, oh crap! I have to podcast tomorrow. I have to get this fixed. And Kelly's like, start your computer over, stupid. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. So I had to shut everything off. And redo it. And then today when I got home, mom had done something with the computer and the mic cord was underneath it. And so every time I typed, it wobbled. So I picked Mm. it up and take the mic cord out. And I don't know what combination of buttons I hit or if it was just me picking it up one-handed. But it gave me a page of death and said, you must immediately restart your computer. Press the on-off button and hold. And it said it in like six languages. Like, oh, I've done something very bad here. It came back up, so... Isn't it nice to have a Mac, though, without all those PC problems? Sue? No, no, no. Sue has all the PC problems because her Mac is old. Aww. (laughs) I love my Mac. It's a good Mac. So one of our mandates at school is to use technology with the children. I took my Kindle Fire to school today and and read children's books off of it and let the kids turn the pages with their fingers. Nice. I thought it was so cool. Uh, have you guys seen the, the video? There's a video out there of this little, um, like, three-year-old 
who she has an iPad in her lap and she's, you know, doing stuff with the iPad and she knows how to play like Angry Birds with the iPad and then her dad gives her a magazine and she's trying to scroll through the pages of the magazine like you would on an iPad. <laughs> she doesn't know how to work the magazine. <laughs> this is our future, people. Yes, it is, it unfortunately. Is. Well, we sound like cranky old people. I remember when we had to climb uphill both ways through 16 feet of snow. Well, I just mean, for the chance to use dial-up. So I, I hey, I remember dial-up. <laughs> so I, I was, I had to go to my dad's uh, office today because we were setting up a virtual, and I don't know if anybody on this call is going to understand what I'm saying. We had to set up a virtual machine on with Windows 7 so I could use some of the technology, some of the software that we use in computer forensics to, you know, like retry everything out because it's been a year since I took computer forensics. And my dad just sitting there going, it's so amazing that you can set up a virtual machine with, you know, a completely different OS. And I'm just like, this is not a big deal. Like, why is he making this into a big deal? This has been around for a really long time. He's just like sitting there going, I can't believe it. That's awesome. So I'm squicking these people out. They're okay with Aww. the gay Voldemort sex, but Harry Hermione is, is squeaking them out. <laughs> Tell them about Vernon and Petunia. I found it disturbing. <laughs> it was funny in a very, very sick and disturbing way. <laughs> yeah, but it was just so perfect for Dursley. I mean, come on. Who's on top, though? I can't, who, I can't remember. I don't want to know that. <laughs> Well, if it was the other way, that would have hurt. Okay, that's, I that's don't want to know. Like, Petunia's that would be a too tiny woman sick. to have that big of a man. Like, just oh. a dead weight. Stop. Wow. Stop. You Stop talking. Stop talking now. <laughs> and would it just, like... Please, God, stop. <laughs> Remember. The hell with that? Tell him about her mighty and Snape. I said... I'm just that good," she said. "Uh huh." We've, Harry we've covered. Hermione is squicking them. Who are these people? <laughs> we've, Ella. we've covered at least <laughs> the same ages. We've covered other things than that. Let's see. It's Vernon Petunia. and Petunia. And but she's on top. She's. <laughs> uh, it's fabulous. Dying in the saddle. Right, because if he uh, if he's on top and has the heart attack while they're doing it, then it's going to be a murder suicide. <laughs> Or something. <laughs> no, she was on the bottom. And he exactly. Off he, he's on top. <laughs> oh, oh, the conversations that we've had. This and admitting I had glow-in-the-dark condoms. I don't know where I'm getting myself into nowadays. Well, Death, you, you should sue the, uh, the bromance uh, comic you showed me, right? I think so. The bros. Yeah. <laughs> With a glow in the dark condom. Yes, yes. That was on the... That's what started the whole thing. That's when I admitted to having them. Mm -hmm. There's a very long, drawn-out story that goes with that. There almost always is. Do we have a Trisha? Nope. We lost death row. Okay. Yeah, we lost the death roll. So what do you think about the new uh, three-book set that's going to be tied to the Potter series? It's probably Hogwarts of History, or not Hogwarts of History, Fantastic Beasts, 
and, you know, the three that we think. I, I don't know. I can't imagine there's new content coming out. I mean, I would be thrilled. Yeah, but, but we would have heard more about it if there was more content. But there's a lot of buzz for something that like is already out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would love to be it to be more, but I. Uh... I don't like. I, I'm not. I am in no way out of the fandom, but I kind of don't want more in some ways. You don't want more. Well, I mean, I think there's a there's a line between information that I want to know about and too much information. Like information. Like a lot of people are not reading. Read fan fiction as much because or mm-hmm. a lot of good authors aren't writing fan fiction as much because they've gotten all the information that they need and all the all the information that they want a lot of fan fiction authors wrote because they didn't know what was going to happen mm-hmm. and so i think in some ways i kind of would prefer to be to not know what was going on to be ignorant of said knowledge because then i could just write the fanfic that i want to write instead of like, oh, this detail. What's this detail about? Mm-hmm. Stop that, Sue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not allowed to do that tonight. Okay. That's really so angry. No, I'm not angry. I'm just I'm tired of listening I'm to it. tired of listening to me go, mm-hmm. Death Roll Smash. And Scott, yeah. and Scott going, and, um, yeah. <laughs> With a deep, deep breath right before it. <sighs> uh-huh. Yep. I will try to say, not say, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, so we have a particular most... love of run-on sentences. And this happened. And then we go over here. And then this happened. It's like, oh, stop. Use proper diction. <laughs> I don't know proper diction. That doesn't, that doesn't work for me. What is this nonsense? What is that stuff? What are you talking about? Well, I'm going to guess that Trisha's not Wait. coming since I haven't Is Scott, her. like, listening in or something? I feel like Scott is spying on us. <laughs> Scott just posted in chat, uh, not in our chat, but in, in another chat that I'm in. Um, the art of, uh, he's, uh, oh, never mind. I misread that. Apparently the listening is hitting me harder than I expected. Um, what do you think it said? It says the art of detection. Yeah, I thought it said the, the art of diction. Wow. We haven't even started getting cats smashed. I know. <laughs> smashed. Should be good. Good discussion. I am, however, at a point where I'm able to accept the gooey stuff and just, you know, kind of just let it go. Oh, good. Well, let's get right into it then. Woohoo! Gooey stuff! Okay, hang on just a minute. Ryan's asking me a favor. He's not writing, so it's going to take a while. Okay, we'll start it. Hey, Kat, you haven't started one in a while. You want to start it? Or shall we let Death Roll Londo do it in... Since it's the last one. Uh, Let's have Londo do it one more time. We're actually very tempted to do the whole night in character. Please don't. You'll ruin your voice. And then what will happen is when you come in to your employer, go into your employer tomorrow, and, like, your voice will be ruined. It's not tomorrow. It's not tomorrow. It's next Wednesday. Today is Wednesday, Kat. Oh. (laughs) Yes, I know the podcasting makes no Wednesday. We still don't want you to ruin your voice. We don't. Okay. I feel. I have a feeling that Catherine would be very angry at us. For Friday, August twenty third, this is episode one seventy two of Potterfic Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Hey, Ronnie. The next time. Yeah. Previously on Potterfic Weekly. Where would you like to start, Sue? <laughs> well, let's start at the beginning. 
That would be awesome. My resolutions for this Potterfic weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Potterfic whatever. Oh, Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? Yep. Okay, what did I miss? Am I like surrounded by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. you are. Yes, you are. Apparently, I'm Jen, and I don't know my alphabet. No, she's the poster child for our podcast. I <laughs> snort. I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. <laughs> I think that's two. That could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants. Not oh. Browsers. Waterfic Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. <laughs> but I was planning on getting grammar anytime soon. Really, honestly. <laughs> Saxon Snorkax, two of my favorite subjects. I love Snape. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. <laughs> we'll always laugh before the end. Out of where the story never ends. Welcome back to Potterfic Weekly. I am your host for the evening, Londo Malari. I'm Sue. I'm Kat. And we are gathered here tonight to have our last discussion on Vox Corporis. Tonight we are discussing chapters 60 through 68. And we begin in response to a very big crisis, because Aberforth, or Shylock, as his Animagus is known, has come back to Hogwarts and he is very badly injured. Yes, that's true. Yep. He is very badly injured. He has come in. Uh, Harry and Hermione saw him fly in, and now they are rushing to Dumbledore's office to check on him, and nobody's answering. Even though but of course no one is there. They have gone to the hospital wing. Do they not know this by now? Well, Hermione figures it out. Which is good for her. She's very intelligent. <laughs> she is intelligent. <laughs> yes, she can add two plus two and make four. Congratulations to her. <laughs> so they go to the hospital wing, and Dumbledore does not want them there, so McGonagall ushers them into the hallway, and Harry starts dropping names, and she is very unimpressed by this. She says, you need to be sensitive to Dumbledore's needs right now. The only family he has left is in there dying, to which Harry should say, my only family is not in there. He is missing. That's true. <laughs> and he does say that. Uh, what about Sirius? Sirius is in trouble. And, and I had to say, you know, knowing when this was published and knowing when this was updated, I had to say I knew that Sirius was dead. I was just like, nope, Sirius is dead. You might as well give up on him right now because Sirius is dead. And why do you say that? Because, I, I mean... That's what everybody does. I mean, everybody kills off Sirius because it's the whole, you know, Harry's a grown-up now, and he needs to have people die in front of him, so he realizes that he's a grown-up. I'm not entirely sure why, where people take logic from that. But yeah, it, it's it's a common trope in fandom that people will kill off the people closest to Harry. So Harry has to, like, wake up and be a warrior and because he wasn't before. Well, right, because, you know, Harry's never the warrior. The one who wants to save everybody. No, no, no. Harry would not do that. 
Nope, Harry doesn't have a, sa a saving people thing at all. Nope, 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 no, it's a ridiculous thing to talk about. So he's ready to break the door down, and Hermione says, no, no, I have an idea. Uh, let's go up to the rooms. And he's like, what are you talking about? She says, we have Kimmy's summoning sphere. And so they rush up to Harry's room because it's the closest by about two feet, and they call Kimmy. And there's also the fact that Harry couldn't get up to the girls' dorm if he tried. Yeah, that's true. Nope. Because Hogwarts is sexist. It is. And poor Kimmy arrives, and she just wants to be with Aberforth. And she's like, why did you call me? Hermione says, I'm sorry, but we need to know about, you know, we need to know about Sirius. And she turns these big reproachful eyes on them, but she does tell them what she knows. And she, when they say that Kimmy, when they say that Harry is uh, Sirius's godson or Sirius is Harry's godfather, she looks upon him with these very despairing eyes and says, I'm sorry, you have bad news too. <laughs> and Harry about flips out and she says, well, he's not dead yet, but it's very bad, very bad indeed. I'm not I'm gonna... dead yet. <laughs> he's dead. I don't want and to I'm go in the corner the drinking whiskey. I'm in the corner drinking whiskey because, you know, the, those, those sad house-elves eyes just bring me to drink. Mm -hmm. I think I'll go for a walk. <laughs> and we so find out that it, he's in Dane, which, which is apparently not, nearby. Yeah. yeah. So. I didn't actually look at a map to find out where Dane is and I where they too. think Hogwarts is. Well, so Hogwarts yeah. is apparently, um, according to my Scottish friend, Hogwarts is modeled after St. Andrews. Mm -hmm. which is supposed to be, like, way up by Aberdeen. But it's supposed to be modeled after St. Andrews, which is very far north. It's by, oh, it's actually by Dundee, so it's not as far north as I thought it was. Um, but it's not... It doesn't matter. This is completely irrelevant. Voldemort is in a nearby no... town. It could be Hogsmeade. We don't know. But there's no but... such as Dane anywhere near so they've made this up that's okay that's they've made fine. it up yeah. this, whatever it's a small, small village that no I'm one knows pretend. about so yeah no, it's just it's a wizarding wizard and i gotta say i like the parallel to the canon because this is exactly what voldemort told harry had happened through the connection there and in this case sirius actually is captured and is being tortured mm -hmm. so i, I, I did like, like that Harry went against his instincts. I didn't like it so much because it, 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 it's it. Whoa! Hi, Trisha. Hi. <laughs> hi, Trisha. You can't sneak in, Trish. No matter how hard you try, you make funny noises. What did I do so this I, time? You made your muting sound when you came on. I haven't even. Hold on. I'm, just, I'm getting fucking. Shower. <laughs> you didn't take a shower. No, you take a shower now. Ooh, it's Mama Trisha. Welcome to uh. Parenting Cast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just because I, I have kids, not me, I have a parent. I need a Oh, that's right. We haven't talked about cats' kids in a while. We need to start some more rumors. Yes, we well, do. Well, we, we, can't, we can't really talk about my kids anymore because it, it's over for the year. Aww. She gave so, her kids no, back. No, it's freedom. It's freedom. Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy. No, I'm not really happy. I'm going to miss them, but I'm going to be there next year, hopefully. So it'll be all good. Yep. Uh-huh. Hi, Trisha. So, Trisha, just to catch you Hi, up, we're, we're just starting off. We're in the middle of Chapter 60 here. How are you? 
I'm I'm exhausted. I've had a hell of a week. Monday night, I get a text from my boyfriend saying, "Hey, I'm in the hospital." Nice. I'm like, damn. Like, oh, really? And so I call him. I'm like, what the heck happened? And he's a volunteer firefighter, so he's like, I was at fire practice. I'm like, yeah, I know. He goes, I was throwing ladders, and one hit me in the knee. I'm like, Ooh. really? Ow. Yeah. So that'll hurt you. Oh, yeah, so he called you. <laughs> Well, he texted me, and oh, I'm like, okay. and I called him. I'm like, what the hell is going on? So At least it was an a... official photograph, uh, an official phone call. Did did he break it? Well, what happened was um, he got admitted to the hospital, and then the next day they finally did an MRI, and he tore his patella tendon. Ouch. Oh, yeah. So that that sounds like he knows what that is. If the patella is, your it connects to your knee. To your kneecap down to your your tibia, yeah. and so so he tore he tore he tore it off his kneecap and split it in half. Oh. And, <laughs> All right, stop talking right there. Sue, no more. Sue, by the way, how's your knee? It was really well until now. Now it hurts. Just thinking now you have sympathy. Do you have yeah. sympathy pain? Yeah. So I so I've been kind of I'm still, he's been fine. I mean, he he is a little bit of a typical guy, but not really. But what makes it worse is that he's a personal trainer and he can't sit still. So it's so uh, that makes it ten times worse. So he was he's in the stupid he's in the stupid hospital bed, and there's a you know how there's like a bar over the mm-hmm. length of the bed, and there's a triangle. Right. And he's looking at it. And he's like, first thing he does is grab a hold of the stupid triangle and start doing pull ups. I'm looking at him. I'm like, what's wrong with you? He's like, yeah, that I'm doesn't bored. have anything to do with the knees. Yeah, 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 yeah that's what he's pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty much what he said. I'm like, you got your book. He goes, you can. He's like, you can only read about the IRS for so long. He goes, I'm bored. I got to do something. I, I understand this. This is man logic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trisha. Give him yes. a few podcasts. <laughs> Give him a special, special episode. <laughs> Here he thinks I'm not. And the, uh, the funny thing is, I made him take the. You made Harry him take Potter. the sorting test. Yes, I made him take the sorting test. Is he, and he, isn't he a Hufflepuff? What the hell is a Hufflepuff? No, he's not. He's a Ravenclaw and a Gryffindor. <laughs> Yay! He got the same amount in each, so he's both. Okay. I'm like, yeah, that's all I need. I got, a, I got a nerd jock for a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. That works. And he, he is. He's a nerd. He's a nerdy jock. Works for so, me. So, so I've been dealing. So I've been dealing with him, and then dealing with his mother has been pretty lovely too. Oh my god! I just kind of looked at him. I go, we are never getting married. <laughs> he, looks, <laughs> he looks at me. He goes, why? And I go, <laughs> she's a lovely woman, honestly, but she does not know, um, she doesn't know how to give up control at all. Oh, I know. She's a lovely woman, but she's driving me crazy. (laughs) Yeah, she would, she would, she would drive me nuts. She would. I mean, she, she is nice, but the thing is she has some control issues. Like, I'm like, you know what? I'll help. I'm like, I will help you. I'm like, cause he usually mows the lawn. I'm like, I'll, I'll start mowing the lawn for you. No, no, no. I won't want you to do that. And I'm just like, I'm more than capable of it. And like, matter of fact, my brother and I had a lawn mowing business when we were growing up. <laughs> Good. Can you come and mow our lawn? Yeah, you live a little far away. Uh, yeah, but I'll I, don't, I, would, 
Oh, she has awesome to, food. <laughs> I know. I have to go to Sue's sometimes just to come to eat. <laughs> I know. Sue's bed and breakfast. I know. Maybe you guys should do that. We talked about it once. You got, you got, you got love. You have a lovely, um, you have lovely area, so you should yeah, do it. You probably, Sue, you, you could sell. You could totally sell the whole like country experience to the city people because man i had not experienced food until i experienced farm fresh food mm-hmm. <laughs> and they could go out and feed the chickens and collect eggs it'd be great yeah, yeah you then could, you don't want to do it you could yeah. pay for the privilege of doing it i know we could have them pull weeds and harvest it's, things it'd be yeah great. To, no totally like do you know how many city people pay to do that stuff I know, oh. but my mother is not a very good person to have other people around. She gets all freaky when other people come around. So, well, you just keep her in the kitchen. Change barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. Well, maybe not barefoot and pregnant. She might have a hard time with that. Yeah, At least the bare, I mean, not the barefoot part. Maybe the pregnant. <laughs> no. Well, better to the kitchen than chained up in the shed. That's true. Be locked away in the basement <laughs> with the goat. Uh, I'll be back. I gotta go lock up the chickens and the mother. <laughs> that would really call for a shot. Mother, no, <laughs> bad. <laughs> oh. oh, dear. Okay. We're way off course. Shall we get back to? Yeah, let's get back yeah, to the fish. Get back to okay. the Trisha, well, wait, 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 Trisha, you can go anytime that you need to because I know you have to get all right in bed and stuff. So just. Yeah, I'm ready. My, my yeah, just use the Skype mute, not the microphone mute. Yeah, well, my pa- my patience is low today, so <laughs> I'm gonna start my point over. Okay, yes, please. Uh, all right. So I think we we were talking about Sirius, right? Uh huh. Yeah. And so, you knew Sirius was dead. So I knew Sirius was dead, partially because it's a trope of thick this in this era. I can't believe 2007 is an era, but it's an era. <laughs> um and only if you of, want it to be an era. A lot of authors killed off Sirius because they saw that J.K. Rowling did it for a reason, and then they wanted to do it for the same reason. And and I just saw this coming a mile away. The second reason why I knew that Sirius was dead is we haven't seen Sirius this entire fic except for one letter. Mm-hmm. And it's just like Sirius, like Harry doesn't even think about Sirius because he's too horny for Hermione. This entire fic, and then we hear about Sirius, and the only thing we hear about Sirius is Skylark is back and he's seriously injured, and well, not to put pun to it, but he's seriously injured without Padfoot. Uh, right. And we just we know that Sirius is dead because, and I don't really understand why Harry has a bigger reaction to it than Harry and Canon because Harry has talked to Sirius all of like twice because the way this author rewrote this is he's not at the end of Goblet of Fire. He doesn't come at the end of Goblet of Fire and also he isn't at the beginning of book five or at Christmas. So all we see of Sirius in this person's canon is at the very end of year three for five, you know, hours or so. And then very quickly he writes to Harry a little bit and talks to him in the fire for 15 minutes in book four. And that's it. He has no relationship to Harry, to Harry whatsoever. 
See, it's very interesting that you say that it's a trope to kill off Sirius because in my experience, a lot of the fic written after book five was rebelling against the fact that Sirius had been killed and oh, it's bringing after- Sirius back and, you know, all the alternate universes, they explicitly mm-hmm. don't kill yeah. off Harry, uh, kill off Sirius, I should say. I would say and... after book five, a lot of people saved Sirius, but after book seven, once J.K. Rowling revealed why she killed off Sirius, there were a lot more fic that were surfacing that had Sirius being dead. Okay, and just to place it, this fic was post Half Blood Prince. Right. Yes, but, just, but, just so we're all yeah, cognizant just, of that. I'm just saying that, you know, in this post-Deathly Hallows world that I'm reading this in, it's just kind of like one of those things of, oh, I've seen this before. Because, of course, Sirius is dead, because we haven't seen them all thick, and we have to cause drama. Right. Drama. Drama, drama. Yes. There must always needs be drama. Yeah, we like drama around here. So. To continue. I I do take the point that Sirius has not been a huge part of Harry's life, and Harry is agonizing over this, because he does see him even less than in the canon book five at, at this point. So it's a very valid point and makes you wonder where the author is pulling this from. The Other than dramatic, Unless it, this is how it should have been in the canon. It should have been really real, and he should be broken up about serious and all of this, but he's... The, the overdramatic, silent, like, dramatic thing that happened in the fifth film that was really weird and I didn't understand. That's where she got it from. The artsy, like, screaming thing that was completely... Yeah. So, Harry is in agony, and he wants to rush after Sirius, but Hermione's holding him back, and then Dumbledore shows up, and Harry argues with him, and Dumbledore admits that no one person is more important than the cause or the greater good here, which is Dumbledore to a T. Mm-hmm. He makes Harry surrender his broom and, oh, you're not going to leave the castle. You're going to stay right here. Ha, 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 because, of course, that will work. Right. And, and you can tell that Dumbledore is uh, frazzled because of his brother because he doesn't actually think of the fact that, Oh, wait, he's a big cat. He can get there pretty fast on his own feet. He doesn't need his room. Exactly. So. So Harry and Hermione split up, and they're going to go find Ron and tell him, but Harry immediately decides to leave, and he runs into Ginny, and he ditches her, and he heads out of the castle to head to Dane, the fictional town of Dane. apparently everybody is stupid in this section of the fic. Right. Because the hat says so. Good God. I, I do like the point when Dumbledore comes and they're looking at him and he's like, I'm so sorry that you're mad at me. I, I feel really bad that the last thing I'm going to see is your faces because, you know, I might die, is that you're mad at me. Oh, good, you <laughs> smiled at me. Yeah, uh, right. Crazy old man. But it's like, yeah, let's let Harry out of our sight. And not expect him to go rushing off toward the fictional village of Dane. Yeah, this is a he great idea. People think, why does no one understand this? I know. It's like, how did you miss this? It's been acknowledged by Hermione. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Even, even if that wasn't, you know, a part of this fic, it's like the two 
pun elephant in the room from the start of book one is that Harry has a saving people thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Harry will, Harry will always have a saving people thing. You cannot undo this about him. I, if if I ever read a fic where Harry did not have a saving people thing, I would click the back button. Like this is this is so immensely canon that it defines the Harry Potter series, and they don't pick up on the fact that he's going to go and try and save Sirius. Really? Read all the fics that we've read. That must be it. So all of them. So Dumbledore takes the broom and goes back to, you know, rouse a army to go to Dane and, and get Sirius back and, and the mm-hmm. death roll said earlier. That's the end of the chapter. Ch- chapter sixty one. Yay. Yay. So Hermione has found Ron and she pulls a little bit of Princess Bride in here and she says, Okay, Ron, good. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what she does. <laughs> My favorite. I love Chris Brown. Yeah. Trisha, turn up the sensitivity of your microphone. Do not move it to in front of your mouth where it will become hurricane, Trisha, but just turn up the sensitivity. Yes. <laughs> so, and Jenny comes in and they're talking and she says, I just saw Harry heading that way. He said he was going to meet you in the forest. And Hermione says, no, and she starts swearing, and she says, bloody hell, like she's always chiding Ron for, and they check the Marauder's map. And call him a I I love Jackson, and just like, you know, all we have to do is find Harry, and she's like, he's outside, and Hermione just like goes, what? And and all the readers are screaming at Hermione, of course, and you expected anything but this? (laughs) I thought I talked some sense into him. Harry and logic do not mix. No. Like, they don't. Eh. He's like a dumb boy. and quiet do not mix. Yeah. <laughs> so they get the map out and, you know, figure out that Harry's leaving. And Hermione runs after him, just like a true Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. No plan. And leaving Ron and Ginny there with the map. And then, dun-dun-dun-dun, Tom Riddle Jr., uh, Tom Marvolo Riddle Jr. walks onto the map. So I was confused by the name because he's only a junior if he has all three of the same names. And Marvolo was not his father's middle name, so he's not a junior. I thought of Moving on. I got lost in the junior for a while. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. But he's there. So Harry's leaving to go to Dane, which is obviously a trap. Dumbledore's gone to go gather an army to go to Dane. So there's no real fighters left at the school. And they're all idiots. has just shown up. Yes. Bad news. So. Oh, my God. They're all freaking idiots. So, I love him. Take the map. Go find McGonagall. Show her. Warn her. But be and careful. Th- this is Ron saying this. He's sending Ginny to go get a teacher. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I love That's Ron. Ron. Thick. Yeah. <laughs> He's the best damn characterization I've ever seen him. And well, I, I could see this, too, because Ron has actually been there where not getting the teacher has made them go down the wrong path. Right. Yes. He's learned something. Yay! Ron has learned something. It doesn't seem like a true Ron. Say again, Trisha. That doesn't seem like a true Ron, then. 
I know, but it's growth from the canon characterization that we had to this point, and it's the growth that we never see in any fic ever. Well, yeah, I mean. So I'm just happy just to finally. Th- I just don't think Ron will ever grow. I mean, you don't think Ron will ever grow. So when Ron is a 45 year old XR who's you know has grandkids. He- Crap. Yeah. Now, he's going to be the same idiot 11 year old that he's always been. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. In some aspects. See, I don't think, like. That's a sad, sad commentary on the character. <laughs> I, I don't hate Ron. I, I would like to, no, I would like to state for the record that I hate, I don't hate Ron as much as Trisha does, apparently. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't hate Ron, but I think he always is going to have more of a, I'm trying to think. I mean, I don't mean it as a bad way, but I think it's going to, he has more of a childlike quality. He's always going to be one, he's going to be the playful one at all times. He's going to be seeing people who are being in a war, seeing more people well, who well, are I mean, upset, but he's going to be the character relief. Well, I mean, you could say the same about Sirius, but I don't think anybody could ever say that Sirius hasn't grown since the time he was in Hogwarts. Well, no, but the thing is, but his main core of him is always going to be the jokester. Uh, especially Sirius is always going to be the jokester. I'm really going to, like, you're calling Ron the jokester and not the twins? Because I oh, never yeah. saw Ron as the but jokester. Ron, but Ron's the jokester within the, within the three. He's the one the comic really, he's the one that, he's Mr. Obvious. He is, all. he is, I, I will say that he is Captain Obvious. But that doesn't mean that he's not going to grow as a character in his lifetime. No, I mean, everybody grows unless it's, you know, the great Gatsby, and then I'm throwing the book across the room because nobody grows. But, I mean, everyone in real life grows by their experiences. And what Death is saying is that in fan fiction, everyone puts Ron in this very immature place where he's only the one, he's the one who's eating all the time, and he's the one who gets upset when Jimmy dates anybody. And that's it. And he gets upset about Victor Crumb. Yes, that's it. Those are the, those are the three things that he does. And he and hates it, Snape, Draco, and all Slytherins. But, but, you know, so so that is the Phantom accepted Ron Weasley. I just think that's the, no, I don't think that's, um, so many ways, I, I say that's the essence of him. But See, he, I, don't yeah. think, I don't think that is. I think a lot of fan fiction authors get it wrong because a lot of fan fiction authors are simplifying him. I think he's a lot deeper than... You know, he. This, this is a guy who is a pureblood who will never be accepted as a pureblood because of choices that his parents made. This is a guy who is the sixth son of, of seven kids, and the seventh kid is a girl, so she gets to do everything first of, of her own, you know, birthright. But every five, all of his six brothers, or all of his five brothers before him, have done everything there is to do. So Ron as a character is a weak character, but that doesn't mean that he gets he doesn't get stronger in the canon, and it doesn't mean that he doesn't learn from his mistakes. Do I think that he should have learned from more mistakes in canon than Rowling has him characterized as? Yes. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he doesn't grow as a character in canon, and I think that too many fan fiction authors take that and flanderize it so that 
Ron is just just the comic relief, and he's nothing else but, and he has no depth to him, which actually really annoys me because everyone has depth, depth and everyone, there's a reason, I, I've said it before, everyone has a reason for doing things. And I think the point that Death is making is, in this fic, Ron has a reason for the things that he does. In a lot of other fics, Ron has no reason for the things that he does. It's just what he does, because that's what the box that everybody puts him in. Very well said. And I would like to just jump off of something you said five minutes ago. I don't <laughs> know how much I accept this characterization of Sirius as a jokester. There, it's largely a fanon construction, I think. Well, I mean, I, w- I would say that the fanon is guessing as best as it can, because all we know is these four friends were jokesters when they were in school. We're but taking we, a so only... quote-unquote prank by Sirius against Snape and extrapolating from that that they played all sorts of pranks. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the Marauders were supposed to, you know, think things were – like um, Remus saying that uh, Harry getting into danger with the map, um, the four of them would have thought it would be – would have been really, really funny. So I, I think there are little tidbits of who the Marauders were as, as yeah, I think they were jokers. adventurers, not pranksters. No, I don't think they, they were pranksters. I don't think they were jokers. I think they were mischievous. They yeah. were a mischievous bunch of um, – they were curious. They were boys, really, right. But I mean, more than anything. It's that, they, it's that same thing that Ron serves as is that, you know – that relief valve of it's not always serious because things are funny and they, you know, it's always, it's, it's for, it was forever a joke to them. Whether it's actually a joke or not is irrelevant to them. They were jokesters because they were constantly laughing at the misfortune of others. Yeah. I just, I don't like to see the Marauders painted with the brush of Fred and George too often. Because I never just, saw them as Fred it's Xerox generation, and it's not interesting. I want to see yeah, them as Xerox. Yeah, I would say that. that I, I'm just. Uh, I was more pointing out the fact that Sirius, you know, was the relief valve of his group. Mm-hmm. But you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that he he. Doesn't no way! Grow. I think it was Peter. There had to be a reason they kept him around. <laughs> well, he was no. But I would actually. I've been. I've been thinking about Peter Pettigrew, King of the no. One-Liners. I've been, I've been <laughs> thinking about this a lot lately because of my fic. I think Peter was good at potions. I He's think Peter was something. was a fetch and carry kind of guy. That too, but I think Peter was the one who was good at potions. Yeah. Maybe. But anyway, Marauders aside, my point stands. That Ron is slanderized in much of fic, and what Death is saying is that Ron is not slanderized in this fic, and for that we applaud the author. Yay! Yeah, there you go. Well done, author. So what so. we have is Ron mounting his broom, covering himself as well as he can, as best he can with the invisibility cloak, and flying after Hermione and Harry, because he's so, got to get him back. He's got to yep. get him back. And Sage Hunter and Knight are in the forest. Sage Hunter is going after Knight, trying to track him. And if he can get to the forest, it's over because that's his terrain more than it's hers. Yeah. She needs to catch him on the open prairie, such as it is. 
She manages to catch him, tackles him. They tussle for a little bit. Then Ron appears as if from midair, and the, the quote is here. From seeming midair, Ron appeared, throwing off a blanket and jumping from his broom, only to stumble from his high-speed dismount, crying, Don't eat me! It's me, Ron! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so great. Yeah, That's great. And, and he keeps, he's, you know, panting hard, and he's like, <gasps> Voldemort! And, you know, Harry's going, I can't leave Sirius to Voldemort! And Ron's like, yeah, yeah, Voldemort! And they're arguing some more, and Ron's like, no! How could he be this out of breath? He was on a damn room. <laughs> well, I guess the landing was harder than we thought. Yes, so. But Ron shows up, fills him in. It's a trap either way. Right. So they decide that they're going to go back. Editor, and... please get Admiral Akbar in here somewhere. <laughs> it's a trap! I think that's definitely possible. We got to get some sort of reading on that shield, up or down. <laughs> How can they be jamming us if they don't know that we're coming? It's a trap! It's a trap! So we move that. into chapter 62. Well, and first, before we do that, Harry says, do that, Dumbledore was right. It This ends today. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. And now we move into 62. And I have to just make a note. This is where the author completely lost me. Okay. Because Harry is 15, and he's taking on a dark wizard. Yeah. He took on a dark wizard when he was... So this is different from Philosopher's Stone, how? Yeah. This is different yeah. from Goblet of because, Fire, no, how? No, no, yeah. Because, because in, the, in those books, Harry was just trying to survive. He wasn't trying to kill Voldemort. This is a 15-year-old trying to end Voldemort. And it's, I mean, it's, it's completely different. I think it might be a little overly dramatic because of his worry for Sirius. Mm-hmm. And he's all of a sudden, this ends tonight. This ends now. <laughs> I think he's watched one too many. Well, and we know he has a saving thing complex, so he's not going to leave the students and the teachers at school there, because he knows yes, because that Voldemort is completely be incapable of handling themselves. Well, apparently they are, because they've all been captured. They are. There's only eight Death Eaters <laughs> that managed to conquer the whole castle. Yeah. Uh, you have to remember that it's Christmas holiday, so not everybody's there. There's only a few people there. But all the right. teachers are there. But not all the teachers are there, because some of them are on some are, are on Christmas holidays too. That's right, Madame Pince is gone. Yeah, so we know, I mean, we don't know. Donovan's there, Snape is there. Flitwick's there. Flitwick, I mean. I did see Flitwick. I thought we did. I did see him mention going through, uh, Sprout is there. I I saw Flitwick. Okay. I remember Flitwick. No, but so, so Flitwick and Snape are both dueling champions. Yeah, well, apparently Ginny didn't get there fast enough with the map, so they didn't have warning that they were coming, and. Apparently, Dumbledore's wards aren't working because they got in without much trouble. And Hagrid's so. dead. I really want to know what they did to Hagrid to kill him because the giant, half giants are wicked hard to kill. Yeah. I didn't like that off screen, but at the same time, I get tired of seeing Hagrid death scenes, so mm-hmm. there's no satisfying me, apparently. Apparently not. <laughs> so I did, I, did, I did kind of enjoy the touch that Thing was dead. Yeah. I'd never seen that before. The who it was dead? Bad. 
Fang. Fang. Yeah. Because Harry didn't see Fang, so he assumed that Fang was also dead. And knowing Hagrid, he probably sacrificed himself to try to save Fang. Try to save Fang. So right. that makes perfect sense on Hagrid's part. He is that big hearted and he would do exactly that. And Fang is so loyal that he wouldn't run away, so they die needlessly, I think. Right. And probably it, together. Yeah, it all happened. <laughs> Hagrid took seven AKs to the head and then fell on Fang and squished him. Oh. <laughs> I like that explanation. Oh, that was a lovely thought. I, I apologize to Misanthropic for the for the following review of her face because <laughs> it's not that I don't like her. It's just these last chapters completely were weird. Okay. Have have more whiskey. It's fine. Mm-hmm. So as we come into the chapter, I like some more. We see that Oliver is dead. Don't tell. Is it Heather? Yes. Don't tell Heather. Uh, don't tell Heather. The and staff is gone. Oh. I still don't understand why he's there because he should have graduated a couple years ago. But that's beside the point. And Lavender is weeping over him. This is very sad. So um, I didn't understand. The phrase, there were only eight Death Eaters in all of Harry's count, but over a collection of women and children well enough to do the school. Is this like 1919 or something? I don't really understand why the women and children are like an important point. Apparently, Snape is now a woman. <laughs> well, and Snape and Flitwick seem to be like the only... I didn't see only... it coming. I, I'm very disappointed in Misanthropic for not setting the basis for that earlier in the fic. <laughs> You know, did wear Neville's grandmother's dress. <laughs> so there's been lots of bad stuff happening at school in the so, five minutes that Ron has been gone. So apparently all the men at the school are either they went home for the holidays no, or Dumbledore. So, Dumbledore so, left so, Snape and so, Flitwick, and he took the rest of them to go rescue Sirius. Well, the men. How many men are there on staff? Well, I get children. I don't know. Snape and Flitwick and that's Hagrid. Yeah, Hagrid. Whoever the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher is. Unless it's Umbridge. So, I mean, if you've seen a very product sequel, that can be debated. <laughs> Professor Umbridge is a woman. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you get my text? <laughs> what? You didn't take me back. Dumbledore! Did you get my texts? <laughs> yes, I got your texts. I got all 900 of them. You've been clogging my inbox for long enough. Well, you didn't text me back. <laughs> I'm going to go see them in just a few more days. That's awesome. They live in my hometown. I know it. Sweetness. So... McGonagall's uh, crutch, crutch down, shielding a wave of a student. Merlin yeah, had Harry uh, ever been that small? Yes, yes, he had. Yeah. Harry's still that small. This is true. Now, I, I do have a question about the timing here. How long did this fight take? Because Ron hasn't been gone that long. It's only been they about ran, five. He ran to the edge of school grounds and back. Yeah, it's been well, maybe ten minutes since they first spotted Tom coming on to the castle grounds. And you get back, and Oliver's dead. Ginny's been injured. They had time to rape Hannah Abbott. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, they took take down, and they took down Snape. Well, if it's a gang rape, which is mm-hmm. apparently what Death Eaters love to do. 
and <laughs> they they managed I've to take down Snape, and he's been tied up. And I, I just feel Snape would have lasted a lot longer than ten minutes. And oh, here's what Snape lovers would say: He can last all night. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! So I just the, it seems very sudden that we get back to the castle, and it's a war zone. Yeah, it does feel like, you know, in some ways it feels like seven hours have passed, and in other ways it feels like 20 minutes have passed. It literally feels like this is after the lull at the Battle of Hogwarts. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, and they could have been One hour. pretty far away, but they can't have been that far away. No, because they just left the edge of the map, and the map only goes to the edge of the Hogwarts grounds. Right. And then Voldemort right. appears. So Ron essentially went from the edge of the Hogwarts ground, and then Harry and Ginny ran back. I mean, it's not that Look far. Look at it this way. Voldemort is on the edge of the map, and Ron is in the castle. They start at the same point. They will cross halfway. <laughs> if a train leaves Hogwarts <laughs> at 12 o'clock. Although, although so, you could say that Ron was going a little faster because he was on his room. He was on his room. But that would give Voldemort even less time. That's true, too. So, I don't want to just go around on this, but I have a problem with the timing. I I see it. Apparently, they sat for a picnic lunch before dealing with the greater good. Yeah. Maybe. Sprout's there. She's got a quartet of frightened students around her like a mother bear looking after her cubs. And you know those are Hufflepuffs because... Of course they are. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? I I just would like a reference to a badger here because... Kat and I watched a badger chase off a cougar the other night. Well, it says that whenever the Death Eaters get close to him, she yells at him and kicks them, and they back off. That sounds badgerish to me. Actually, that's very true. Um, She had her arms splayed wide, guarding her charges. What of the survivors she could handle, claiming as her responsibility? When a Death Eater came too close, she kicked and yelled at him. The Death Eaters seemed to delight in watching her have a fit like a tethered mad dog, and goaded her, counting coup by jumping in and poking her with the ends of their wands, only to settle away with a laugh before her feet could catch them. And I would like to ask, are we not wizards? Well, she doesn't have her wand. Yes, but... Wand of magic. But only only Dumbledore can do that, and possibly Harry. We haven't learned that yet. Yeah, we haven't seen them do any wandless magic yet. (laughs) This is true. Snape was still alive, but his privilege to the status of being counted among the living seemed on the cusp of being revoked. He'd been singled out from the other professors for reasons that hardly needed clarification. He was apart from the pack of Hogwarts survivors, on his knees, with his hands tied behind his back. The Death Eaters were striking him mercilessly with hand, fist, wand, knife, anything they fancied. They were playing with him, trying to draw a cry from him with every blow. Harry had to credit the potions master, his damnable arrogance. He wasn't cracking to their whims or giving them the pleasure of his scream. Though his face was bloody and bruised, he did not give them the satisfaction of breaking. Yep. Way to go, Snape. Yay, Snape. And he endures that for a while, and then Voldemort comes up and just cuts his throat. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then he goes after one of the students. And McGonagall says, stop this! Do what you will with us, but let the children go. And Voldemort's like, and why would I do that? Yeah. I'm sorry, but McGonagall, even even movie McGonagall versus this McGonagall, like, this McGonagall looks like a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. 
And in the movie we had, you know, I always wanted to do that spell. Right. Like she's like taking joy from the fact that they're about to go in a battle, and like you know she's sending off Seamus Finnegan to set, set bombs off. Boom! Let me get this straight, Professor. You actually give us permission to do this. That is correct, Longbottom. To blow it up. Boom! Boom! Pierre Totem Locomotor. should be a badass. McGonagall should be a badass. McGonagall is a badass. Yeah, she is. End of story. So he's watching in horror while Voldemort singles out a student and cuts out his tongue and wants him to tell him where Harry is. And of course, they have no idea because Harry's mm-hmm. nowhere to be found. And he didn't tell anyone he was leaving, so they don't know. Uh, I assume he's in the common room. Yeah. I will I will give this author credit that this Voldemort much scarier than Canon Voldemort. That's true. Yes. You have one hour. Yes, he is. Anything scarier. Cutting students cutting students tongues out. That's kind of badass. Like <laughs> you don't want to mess with that. That is true. And while he's doing this, Nagini has snuck up on Harry and Hermione, specifically Hermione. So Harry reductos and cuts off Nagini's head. Oops. And that Oops. lets everybody know where they are. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Voldemort plays well, with him. Of course. I know you're there, Harry Potter. <laughs> Just like a cat with a mouse. Come forward or watch everyone here die. At least Voldemort knows that Harry is a saving people thing. Well, what's amazing to me is that Voldemort can use the Avada Kedavra without saying it verbally. Right. I he, follows, it. he follows his threat with a wand pointed at the frail child in McGonagall's arms, green flared. The professor gave a sharp cry of protest and alarm when the child collapsed in her hold, dead before McGonagall could do a thing to stop it. He doesn't say that. the words. Nope. If, and, if, if Snape and Cannon can, you know, cast But g- given how difficult it is to do the killing curse in the first place... We know it takes a lot more effort to cast non-verbally, which is right. why a lot of wizards don't do it. Yes. So to do a complicated spell non-verbally is a big deal, and I'm, well, I know no, Voldemort but... is powerful, but I'm, I'm just impressed that he didn't actually say Avada Kedavra here. Avada Kedavra isn't a – the, the thing is that Avada Kedavra isn't a complicated curse. It's just a t- you want – you have to completely and wholly want to want that person dead. And yeah, it takes since, a fair bit of power. Since Voldemort's a monster, we can assume that he has no heart. Any like even without the Horcruxes, we can assume that Voldemort, as a villain, has no heart and has no compassion for anybody. So I could totally buy Voldemort being able to AK somebody wordlessly, silently. I can accept that. That's that's a pretty good explanation. 
So Harry comes out and he says, okay, you've got me now. Let the others go. And Voldemort's like, why would I do that? And Harry said, you said well, I wouldn't have to watch them die. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to kill you first. And then I'll kill all the rest of them. But yeah. you wouldn't have to watch them die. It's okay. Yeah. Applause Ron. for the evil Voldemort. <laughs> exactly. Ron and Hermione have their wands taken away, but Harry's allowed to keep his because Voldemort wants to finish their duel from last year. Yeah, he This is not heard. being intelligent. No. It was interrupted. Well, he's arrogant. It was, but that's not the bloody point. Just kill him. You don't give your enemy a fighting chance. Voldemort has... Voldemort has not read the manual. Just he has not, him. apparently, but he's much more scary. So I think he started to, but he only got through the first chapter. <laughs> <laughs> and he's been meaning to finish it later tonight, but quite got there yet. if this had happened at the end of the school year, like it's supposed to with the big battle, then it yeah, probably he, would have gone much differently. Yeah, he apparently had to have sex with, you know, people according to Sue's conversations <laughs> earlier. Yeah. What? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, sorry, I tried to block that out. <laughs> Voldemort threatens the crowd. The trio steps out. Voldemort wants to duel, and the Priori and Cantatum sort of thing happens. Their wands connect, and it's the Avada Kedavra and Expelliarmus, just like it was a year ago. Oh, six months ago. And whatever Voldemort wanted Ollivander to do, he's done. Because Voldemort, quote-unquote, wins. The spell all goes back into Harry's wand. It backfires. It burns up. It's useless. Yep. So now he does not have his primary weapon. But Harry has an ace card. Which is his animagus form. And he transforms and he dodges the killing curse. And it's carnage and chaos going all over the place. And Hermione. (laughs) And Voldemort's going, what is this nonsense? What is this? Yeah, he's just getting ticked. Kill them! Yeah. Yeah, you can just see him. He's jumping up and down. Kill them! Kill them! <laughs> he does. Then Voldemort went mad with rage. Kill them all! Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and Knight and Sage Hunter are attacking Death Eaters right and left. Uh-huh. And, and they're figures, killing them. Oh, yeah. They're killing them. And Voldemort figures out that Harry's kind of keeping an eye on the other cat, so he goes after her. Yep. And slashes her. Yeah, it's this big, nasty curse. And I wrote down that it is a vicious, two-tier, flesh-eating curse. Very, very nasty. Reminds me a lot of the purple spell. Yeah. Rather to say, it reminds me a lot of the effects that people attributed to the purple spell that Dalahov cast on Hermione. I, I do love how it's called the purple spell because he casts it silently and no one knows what it does. What it no one know what it's named. Uh, it's great. It's just the purple spell. Yeah. <laughs> and then he turns to do the AK on night, but he's too late and night's yeah. on top of him. In less Knight's than five the fr- seconds. Five faithful, faithful marks of time. Five seconds of forever for the locked foes. And Knight rose up before the dark wizard, drew back a great foreleg and a clawed paw, and raked it across Voldemort's body with an ear-splitting scream. 
and Voldemort screamed too, but in pain. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that, you know, there's snow on the ground. We know that because Sage Hunter was having trouble running before. And so steam rises from the hot wounds on Voldemort's torso. That's a great visual. Yes, it is. It is, but it's not realistic. <laughs> CSI Hogwarts, this was not this would not actually happen. Steam doesn't rise when you pour warm liquid on snow. Well yes, but blood isn't hot enough to pour like when you pour blood on snow it doesn't steam. It's, it's not boiling. No, but it's no 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 hold on. Have you never well alright, I'm gonna stop and I'm not gonna ask this in the form of a question. When bodily fluid such as urine goes into snow, it steams. And there's no reason why blood wouldn't do that because it's at the same temperature. Right. Even your breath steams in a cold air. So I could see blood making... Okay. It doesn't even have to hit the snow. It's just the, the heat... I could, the I, could see, I could see the air steaming around the blood. I couldn't see... Because the, the, the imagery of the blood hitting the snow and then the snow steaming in, seems to indicate to me that the blood is so hot that the snow is melting. I don't think it ever hits the snow. Well, it, it doesn't is. talk it's, about it's, it. It's not melting due to heat. It's melting due to the fact that the blood is a liquid okay. and it's dissolving the snow. It's not causing a phase... Well, it is causing a phase change, but... But it's but not related to the temperature, we, I should say. We've got it wrong. You're thinking about it wrong. The steam rose up from the hot wounds on Voldemort's torso, laid open to the cold winter's air. That That's I, okay. when it then steams. I, then I'm okay with it. Then the blood hits the snow. It doesn't steam when it hits the snow. It steams when it hits the air. Okay, I'm okay with that now. Because, okay. I mean, I can see hot liquid like urine or blood steaming in the winter air. Mm-hmm. Because that is something that happens. But snow steam, it, it takes a lot for snow to steam. Yeah. So. Urine would do it. Urine melts the snow and would make it steam a bit. But I, I'll tell you from firsthand experience, yes, it does. <laughs> you going to tell us peeing in the snow stories, Death Row? Are you really? <laughs> do I really have to? I, don't, uh, I thought I just told you the story. I've uh, peed in the snow before. Okay. Story's yeah. over. Thank you. <laughs> Well, there was this you're one winter that, that I stepped about, outside you know, and that, I peed in the snow and it's steep. Tell us and, about the faces that you made or the drawings that you made or anything like that. Generally, I sign my name. <laughs> See, I knew there was something in there. Um, <laughs> do you sign it, Death Roll? <laughs> yes, I do. Oh, my God. Trish, ask your fireman boyfriend. He'll tell you all about it. Oh, I know. <laughs> he just thought it, he thought it was cool peeing peeing in the little um little bucket thing. Well, the urinals. Well, no, because it's kind of like a bedpan kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've done that. That is not fun. Oh no, it's not fun. But for a guy, it, it, it's hilarious. And he looks at me and goes, "Look what I can do!" And I'm like, "Oh my god." <laughs> no, it wasn't fun for me because I was drugged out of my mind. Oh, I know. So I, I've done it too, drugged out of my mind, and it's 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 the most most humiliating thing in the world. Oh yeah. My grandfather thought it was the coolest thing. He had to have one in the house. He had to have one in the car. He had to have one everywhere. Oh, oh yeah. Christian's the same way. And I went to visit him, and there, there, there the jug was right beside the right beside him. I'm like, can't you get up and go to the bathroom? He goes, it was right there. I had to use it. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a guy response. <laughs> it totally is. 
I just kind of looked at him. I'm like, there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you, too, because you like him. I know. I ask myself myself pretty much daily, why do I date you? (laughs) I'm sure you come up with a good answer. No, I still, there's, there, it's an ongoing thing. No one really understands why. Aww. Because he's pretty. I know why. I, I haven't seen a picture of him, by the way. I just, I assume he's pretty. Uh, because if it wasn't him, it would be the milkman. <laughs> <laughs> I ran into him yesterday. Yeah, go. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't ran, I haven't seen the milkman in like in a year, and there he was. <laughs> oh, dear. I hurried up and like ran in, it ran inside. So Locked the door. Yeah. I'm like, oh, shut up! Don't talk to him. Go, go, go. What's ice cream, little boy? Yeah. yeah. He never brought ice cream like he said he was going. To. Oh, I thought he did. No, he said he was going to or something. Well, no, he did. He it was that candy you. or something. Yeah. You what, Deathrow? How dare the creepy guy lie to you? Really? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I uh, he never asked me down for another drink, though, that's for sure. Well, that's good. So we have Voldemort. So some people who will want to be drinking and celebrating is all the good guys, because Voldemort is dead. Not only yeah. dead, he's beheaded. And he crapped his pants. Really, like, rips off. <laughs> well, I would, too, if, like, a giant jaguar was attacking me. Well, yeah, and I, does he do that really, or is it just that his intestines are punctured? Well, well there's, also the, there, there's also the fact that when you die, you lose bowel control. You lose, yeah. <laughs> you lose everything. everything. Voldemort obviously did not go to the bathroom before he left on his little adventure here. Apparently I was going to say, I mean, you know what? I haven't died, but I've lost some. I've lost body function. <laughs> We went from peeing in the snow to this. I love it. <laughs> now we just need to vomit and we'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> full circle. I never, I never thought I'd ever hear the words, I haven't died. But... <laughs> Trisha, we're glad you haven't died because we would miss you very much. <laughs> because you know, I, I thought that I was talking to a zombie on the other end of the line. <laughs> Shh, don't tell her secret. <laughs> They'll go after her if they know. It's the walking dead all over again. <laughs> I feel like it. Um, I, I love that Voldemort tastes hideous in Knight's mouth. I would be worried if he tasted any other way. Yeah. I'm 100%. Okay, why is tasting him? Well, he can't help it. See, I don't understand. Oh, well, go, yeah, he I turned in that jack bar and he ate, he kind of ate him. Yeah, he, yeah. he bit him, so he's, yeah. he, he bit right through his throat, so. so like, I, I've seen this with 101 Dalmatians in the book, not the movie, just to be clear, in the book. Not like the Disney book, but the actual book. Not the, Sorry. It's not the one with the singing. It's the one with three book. The real book. Mm-hmm. I can't describe it any other way. The book book. <laughs> the book book. <laughs> is, is it like the is it like the boat boat? Yes. <laughs> no, but so so one hundred and one Dalmatians was originally a book no. that was about three adult dogs that raised thirteen puppies. And then two of the adult dogs went off to rescue the 13 puppies that were kidnapped. 
But so so there was a line in there where one of the poppies commented that Kuril Develle tasted horrible. So I don't understand why animals think that meat tastes horrible because I I know you know humans equals meat that's bad, but it's still meat to animals of an animalistic mind. And if Harry, who has lost all sense tonight, is attacking Voldemort, I don't think he'd stop to think, this guy, he's really nasty, but I must attack him. I think it's the evil. It's not the meat. It's not the meat taste. It's the evil that's permeating him that tastes so bad. Um, what do you think? What, I mean, you are what you eat. What do you think he's been eating? Rats and stuff like that. I think he's been staying with Lucius and all the other purebloods. I think he's been eating pretty good. He's been yeah. eating mudbloods. I would really worry if Voldemort tasted delicious. <laughs> if he tasted like bologna. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's just nasty. Oh, I need the brain bleach again. <laughs> or chicken. <laughs> <laughs> chicken. No. If he tasted like... You know, fruit cocktail or something. I'm just saying as a scientist, not as a person, but as a scientist, human meat is really not much. It's it's not like human meat tastes differently than other meats. Not that I've had human meat. I, could comment I was waiting that. for the disclaimer there. I was hoping it was coming. <laughs> this is going to be a fun one to title, let me tell you. Uh, 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 I've got it. Cat... <laughs> Wait, Cat's a cannibal. Thank you. I'm like, what, what's Cat's that word? Cannibal on Christmas I just want to establish that I'm not a cannibal. Okay, it's just yeah, something that's. We got it. Cat's a cannibal, Trisha's a zombie, and Death Roll signs his name in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? She doesn't need to be in it. <laughs> Oh gosh. But so but what I'm saying is in my classes, because I am a scientist and I study, you know, forensics and stuff. I study science because I'm a scientist. <laughs> I studied forensics in school mm-hmm. back when I was in school and back <laughs> when I was in school. <laughs> oh six months ago. <laughs> Shut up. It's been a painful six months for me. I don't like to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) So meat is meat. That's what you're trying to say. That's 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 what it is meat. And and I I don't like it when people say like, oh, he tastes evil. Because, you know, it's like saying, you know, a dog, you know, I... Having me you're not eating dogs, too. (laughs) She's eating dogs and humans. It's very bad. Well, she's just like the president then. <laughs> but what I'm saying, if there was a story about a dog, and if, if there was a story about a dog during World War II, and if the dog took a bite out of Hitler, the dog would not stop and say, oh, Hitler tastes evil. <laughs> you don't know that. He might. Keep in mind that Voldemort's body here was created with magic. So it could taste That's evil. True. And That's a good counterpoint. Thank you. And, and I would just and like has- to bring up the Chronicles of Narnia here. Do you remember how when the four children first come back and they kill a bear and yes. it's a dumb one that had lived on honey and they say that a bear that has eaten primarily other animals isn't as good to eat, but a bear that lives on fruit and honey is, is pretty okay? Yes. 
I, I don't know how that. true that is, but it's a nice oh, it, literary it, it, reference. It there you go. It is very, it is very true. But what I'm, all I'm saying is that I don't like it chance. when all, I don't like it when authors say this person tastes evil. Though I understand your counterpoint to Voldemort was created by dark magic, so I could kind of see it. I'm just making the point that it's a thing that authors. say. I just want to analyze your point here and ask how many fics have you read where someone tastes Voldemort? <laughs> I don't want to know the answer to this. We are going to a very bad place. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not just Harry Potter. did they taste of him? It's not just Harry Potter. There's a lot of books out there that come from an animal's perspective where the person, where the animal tastes a, a quote unquote bad guy and the bad guy tastes evil. And I don't think that Something can be categorized as tasting evil, though I understand the the counterpoint. I, I'm going to accept the counterpoint for this one. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad I could give that to you. But, so the Death Eaters, for some reason, are still fighting even after Voldemort has had his throat torn out. Yep. I don't know why, but they are. Because they're bad. So Harry... They're not going to take it anymore. <laughs> so Harry just roars at them, and it's dark this magic. massive, yeah, it's wandless dark magic in his animal form, right. and they all die in a manner most horrific. And I'm drinking more because even though I'm already drunk, I can't handle this nonsense. <laughs> and then all the bad guys are dead, so. Everything's going to be okay, and McGonagall sends Ron up to the headmaster's office to call for St. Mungo's, and I don't know if he knows the password. <laughs> I can just imagine Ron standing out the, like in front of Dumbledore's gargoyle for two hours trying to guess what Mungo's... <laughs> I have to call St. Mungo's! Let me in! Let me drop! Because he doesn't know any Muggle sweets because he was raised a wizard? Yeah. He knows. That's too funny. And here's and just hope- in his charges. He's Slitwick had the, some of the students around the side of the castle, so. Okay. And Knight is running to Sage Hunter. That's all he cares about. And he licks her brow and then lays down in the snow next to her. While McGonagall. inside. Yeah. And well, McGonagall like- just watches, and it's just. It's so weird because she's the transfiguration professor and she can't do anything to the transfigured lion. Well, I think it's a very, very complicated thing. She's not a healer. Yeah. Well, no, but you she think that she'd do something. Like, go get Mata Poppy. Go get Poppy. She's not a vet. Yeah, she's not a vet. <laughs> Touche. In the first Go get Hagrid. Oh, wait, Hagrid's dead. He's dead, yeah. If, when they first transformed, if they Probably didn't remember blank. the spell... They couldn't make it back into their human form by themselves. I bet McGonagall could help then, but I don't think with this injury she feels qualified. Mm-hmm. I well, would agree with that. Yeah, but I mean, woman, get towels or something. Like, I mean, she boil water. Uh, uh, you know, roll she bandages. Did, she did unroll what she's bandages. supposed to do, right? When you take CPR, what do they teach you? You go, hey, buddy, buddy, are you okay? And then you look at the bystander and you go, you, call 911. That's exactly what she did. She and she really watches with concerned eyes instead of, like, getting toweled. Like, no, Hermione's bleeding did. out in front of her, and she does nothing. I thought she did something. I thought he backed off and let her. Am I wrong? 
Um, uh, Knight circled Sagehunter to put his nose an inch from hers, smelling her breath and studying her still face. Her lips and chin were red with the blood of the Death Eaters she'd stopped before she was struck down. Her courage and heroism was a ruby red badge on her muzzle, and staining her hair was of her mane with tenderness. Knight licked her brow, and then he lay down in the snow to wait for her. And then we have St. Mungo's. Okay, I remembered it wrong. McGonagall does nothing. I, I absolutely adore this beginning with St. Mungo's, though. The staff at St. Mungo's Hospital for Magical Maladies and injury, Injuries was accustomed to strange cases coming into their facility. And they're also accustomed to strange people jumping out of the flu, grabbing somebody, and jumping back into the flu without saying a word. Because <laughs> that's Which exactly is, what Ron does. Exactly what Ron did. Yeah. Walks in, grabs us. the first healer he finds, and drags him off. Doesn't bother to tell him what's going on. You! I need you! Now! Well, it's Harry frickin' Potter. It's but Harry frickin' Potter. Yet. So the, the paramedic, no. and I love the word of paramedic in here, because I'm sure that's not a wizarding word, but okay. <laughs> he was the first to emerge from the fire, or rather the first human, because he's levitating a enormous ball of brown hair and matted blood, and then it figure out it's a lion. Because apparently you can take lions through the flu. Apparently. And then next you have another big cat. Well, I mean, Hedwig's got... Hasn't Hedwig gone through the flu in this fic? Yes. Yes. So it's established that animals can go through the flu. We're okay. And the biggest witch is familiar of a cat anyone had ever seen. And then here comes Ron, wet and disheveled. And apparently and no absconded one with one of their doctors without even bothering to provide a coherent account as to the nature of the emergency that had justified the kidnapping of one of their healers. Uh. Those who healer nicked tended to return soon enough. With the same healer they nabbed as the case with the rambling redhead and his added crew. I just Mungo's, love how that's not unusual for them. I know. I think it's great. <laughs> to St. Mungo's credit, they took the circus in, spr- in stride. Literally a circus, complete with a lion. Yeah. Complete with lions. Panthers. Tigers. Uh, a lion, a panther. No. And bears. No bears, oh my. Oh my. No bears. <laughs> bears are alive. Well, I just love the meta wizard who comes in here. Fetch Dr. Man Malice immediately. Haste, haste. We have a critically wounded Animagus. <laughs> so formal. Yes. Uh, very yes, haste. Well- and I love the nurse. I'm sorry, you must wait out here. And Harry's like, she's like, you can come. <laughs> well, no, it's more like the lines of young lady Voldemort is dead, killed by Harry Potter. Points at the panther. That is Harry Potter. <laughs> stand aside, young lady. Stand aside. And then, of course, everyone you know kind of recognizes that Harry Potter has a scar on his forehead, despite the fact that he's a panther. Yes. Well, that's how you recognize him, don't you know? Yes. He's a scar. He, he's black-haired, and he has a scar on his forehead. That's the end of it. And so, so then McGonagall's like, okay, Hogwarts has been attacked. We need people over there. There's lots of critically wounded people. And their nurse is like, ooh, something I can do. Cool. Okay, here we go. And off she goes to gather people to send out back to yeah. school. Were there nurses in Book 5? I don't remember nurses in Book 5. Well, they would have to have nurses. Yeah. Not everyone can be a full meta wizard. Yeah, but I don't remember them being named. With, like, I, I know there were nurses, because I remember them, but I don't think they were named nurses. Mm, I don't know. Another muggle term. This is a muggle term. 
Well, he wants to go back to the school to check on Ginny, so McGonagall says he can. And then we have the lioness lowered to a bed, and the specialist comes in, and he barely looks at the lion, and he barely looks at the big panther in the corner who's spinning and snarling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, it happened. Mm-hmm. But I love him because he's like, Merlin's beard, the nurse nicked my witch weekly. <laughs> yeah, completely misplaced priorities here, guy. Yeah. <laughs> but they get Hermione, she's got her own private room, and Harry is refusing to change back. Right. Which is very interesting because there's all sorts of reasons behind it, which we'll get into much later. He doesn't change back for a few chapters. Which I really but, liked, and I was kind of hoping that he wouldn't change back. Ever. Yeah, I, I did like it because it reflected what Sirius talks about, what it was like in Azkaban. His emotions are simpler when he's a dog. So you know Harry is going through a whole ball of stuff, and being a panther right now is easier for him to cope with it. Well, I think he also couldn't change back. Like, emotionally. Yeah, emotionally. I mean, physically he could have changed back, but emotionally he just wasn't ready. Because I think changing back meant that the entire world was going to recognize him as Harry Potter, and they were going to expect him to do press conferences and interviews and all this stuff. And as a panther, panthers can't talk. Right. Yeah, panthers don't have press conferences. (laughs) As fun as that would be. Well, it might be fun, but yeah. Good night, Trisha. Night, Trisha. Good night, Trisha. Good night. Sorry. It's all right. That's fine. fine. I'll see you next week, and I'll be excited and happy about the next one. Yes. It's okay. Take, like, a five-hour energy right before you come on the podcast. Yeah, that won't be be a pretty sight. No. (laughs) But it will be entertaining. Hey, I've gotten, I've gotten drunk on this podcast twice now. Oh, I, I can't remember. Chris uh, is I, very, very unimpressed with your low number. Yeah. I've been buzzed. I've drunk on alcohol other times, but I've never been. I mean, this it was this and the uh, Bad Fic podcast that I've been this drunk. <laughs> oh, you're as drunk now as you were then? Oh, yeah. I've been, oh, I've, boy. I've been pouring doubles. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you guys didn't tell me there was alcohol involved today. Alcohol always involved. You think that I would be talking about all this if I was not drunk? Yeah, she's yeah. not going to remember what she said when she... Oh, I, I, I always do, but but at the same time, it's just, I mean, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at the special place right now that I was in the bad big conversation. Oh, Wee! <laughs> we is right. So... Let's say goodnight to Trisha. Good night, Trisha. Good night, guys. Sleep well. I'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. Oh, God help whatever ceremony that I hit with Pufoinians invited because I just know things like this are going to come up mm-hmm. with me talking about cannibalism. <laughs> That's cannibalism. So, so the uh, Doctor Manmalis here is the foremost animagus specialist ever. And he's treating Hermione. He forces the change on her, forces her back into her human body. And then he says, oh, my God, she's just a kid. Right. Yeah. It's, so, and somebody comes in and goes, well, Hogwarts was attacked. Hogwarts was attacked? <laughs> Merlin. So, I do like that there's... before he changes her, he goes over to Harry and the Panther and he says, 
I'm going to do my don't best. Spaz. Please don't kill me. <laughs> exactly. So. And I love how Mad Malice has no idea who Harry is. No, well, nobody knows except for the one nurse, and she hasn't come in yet. Yep. So we get another big reveal about Voldy being dead. They're telling lots of people here, and it's just Wizard of Oz moment. Ding dong, the Voldy's dead. That's it. <laughs> uh, so they and there's, she's covered in blood, and they finally figure out it's not all hers. And right. the other nurse came in and says, you know, this is it's Harry Potter. This is Hermione Granger. And her boyfriend over there in the corner who's spitting at you is Harry Potter. And they're like, oh! <laughs> Sending so, from the ministry to get the remains of Voldemort. They're going to have to send enough body bags for two pieces because he's torn in half. <laughs> Just send one bag and put all the pieces together in one bag. It's fine. I can imagine the, um, like, a, a pyre burning like they did in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Burn him! <laughs> they're, they're cremating Voldemort because they can't chance a reincarnation. That's it. <laughs> so, Hermione's unconscious in the bed, Knight's holding vigil. Yeah, McGonagall is having a conversation with Dumbledore, and we learn that Aberforth is dead. They blew up the hospital wing. They blew up the yep. hospital wing. We lost we lost Humphrey. We lost Winky. Uh, yeah, that's it. Kimmy. Mm-hmm. And Sirius anyone else dead. who may have been in there at the time. Yes, Sirius is dead. Draco. Draco is dead. Well, Yay! Draco was in the hospital. Oh, Yay! was he? I missed that bit. From the cat Yep. For me. Ooh, <laughs> when they dart in after Aberforth is there, when they dart in unannounced, they make note of um, Draco in one of the beds. Oh, I changed my decision. Cool. So he's still this up. Is a, this is an awesome section of the book. I love it. <laughs> I love it. We have we have redreamed this author now in Cat's eyes as Draco. The Draco says. That's awesome. I missed that bit. I guess so I wasn't paying much attention because Draco really hasn't been in the story. No, he just so. there to get attacked at one point, and that was it. Yeah, to serve as a plot device. But so Sirius is dead, and Harry can't deal with it. He doesn't have room for this new pain. No. Hermione's injury is his whole world right now, and Which, that's actually one of the things I, that Dumbledore is talking about with McGonagall is, will Harry go dark, and Hermione's fate will save him or damn him. And all I write down in my notes is, super soul-saving powers, activate! Character one says, I love you so-and-so, and character two says, I love you too, and their super soulmate powers, activate! But I can buy it, even in canon. Like, if in year five, Hermione was seriously injured in the battle in, in the Department of Mysteries, Which I, I don't, well, I mean, she wasn't, Bad, like she wasn't in the hospital wing. She didn't have to go to St. Mungo's for like weeks and weeks and weeks. Right. I think if Hermione had nearly died or if Ron had nearly died, I think things would have, I think Harry probably would have not considered Sirius's death so heavily because he had other things to worry about. The thing with their injuries in canon is that. They were pretty much healed by the time Harry got back. They were okay. The, Madame Pomfrey had them to the point that they were going to be okay right. by the time Harry got back. 
So he didn't have to deal with the panic of are they going to live or are they going to die? Because he knew they were going to live. So all they, all he had was Sirius is dead. I think if it was touch and go with one or both of them, Harry would have done something like this of, you know, I'm not going to deal with Sirius's death right now because he doesn't matter to me as much as Ron or Hermione. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he can't deal. It's like Deathrow said earlier. He's, it's easier to deal in this animal form because he can't, he doesn't feel all the feels. And so they're talking about the hospital wing being blown up and Mr. Weasley has told Dumbledore pretty much what's happened. Dumbledore saying, you did all you could to protect them, Minerva. I'm sure there are children alive at this moment who would not be if it weren't for you. And mm-hmm. she says, I wish I could believe that. But it wasn't I who ended up saving us all. And, yeah, they didn't. The teachers were not helpful. <laughs> which I didn't, which no. I, I will say I didn't like so much because teachers know shit. That's why they teach. And they, Minerva talks about the one with magic. political debate. What? I said I'm going to avoid starting a political debate on that statement you just made, but carry on. No, I I mean... No, I said I don't want to start it. Carry on. We're going to go. He's done wandless magic. Um, She'd never seen anything like it. It was very dark. Mm -hmm. And... She's disturbed by it. She's very disturbed by it. Yeah. He's just... But, But she, Sprout, and Ron and Ginny all took a vow or an oath or something here that they're going to take the fall for it. If it ever comes out, they're going to say they cast the spells because Harry at this point did not have a wand. His had been burned out. So, Oh my God, he's casting evil magic like this without a wand. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. We're screwed. We got to lock him up in Azkaban, right? Mm -hmm. which is the start to a lot of fix. Actually, they, Harry has used yeah, the, a lot of of in that plot line. Harry, Harry has used the unforgivable curses and the ministry makes an example of him and sends him to Azkaban where lots of stuff happens. Right. Yes, by the way, I wasn't really referring to all teachers in a blanket comment. I was more speaking to the professors at Hogwarts have been proven time and again that they know their shit. Lockhart. Quirrell. Lockhart and Quirrell were not there. I'm talking about Flitwick, Snape, McGonagall, and Trelawney. I'm talking about Flitwick. You're confusing me now because I'm really drunk. I'm talking about McGonagall, Sprout, Flitwick, and Sprout. Those four core heads of house know their shit. And it's been established in canon, it's been established in fic that they know their shit. And they should have been able to do something. And they didn't. Yes, Kat, correct. Harry's lifeline right now is Hermione's breathing. That's yep. all he cares about. Breathe in, breathe out. Yes. And Very important. Very important. Just keep Wax on, wax off. <laughs> Dumbledore slips into the room and has a talk with Knight. He says, it's truly been a glorious and terrible day. And I want you to remember something. I know sooner or later doubts will assail you, questions and ruminations about what you did today to save your friends, and in doing so, save us all. It will be difficult, but remember, you did what you had to do. It is a popular recrimination in the eyes of those who have never had to make such a choice, but you were right in your actions. Trust in that. The world is better off for what you did, and should you begin to question your own inherent goodness, 
Should you find yourself inclined to think ill of your own soul because of what happened this afternoon, before you believe in it, think of how Hermione would see you and ask yourself if she would see the same weakness you do. And that should give him a little bit of relief. Mm -hmm. But he... Every single person that Harry knows is going to be glad that Voldemort is dead. Yes. And I love the next little phrase because it's so true to real life and you know, ourselves, you know, we cannot measure the weight of our own souls. We're blindly tangled and our perceptions usually just as knotted. So we must let our loved ones do it for us. Place your faith in your in yourself in the hands of those who love you. Because first of all, Harry, you know, really is hardest on himself. Oh yeah. And he's really he's horribly hard on himself. Because he blames himself for everything that goes wrong. Because that's how he was raised, to blame himself for everything that goes wrong. But in, in a real world way, in the way that relates to us, we cannot judge our own characters because we see it, it is a human trait to see all our flaws before we see all our goodness, I guess you could say. Whereas the way the outside world looks in, they see the goodness before they see the flaws. And the flaws are just part of who we are. So then there's a scene change, and we move on, and now Ginny and Ron have come in to have a private conversation in the room here. And I like how Ginny has the presence of mind to place a water bowl by night. Yes. No one has... Given night water yet, so Ginny does. I love it. <laughs> well, yeah. but yeah, I think a nurse may have cued her into it, but somebody, but doesn't she just bathe him? I don't think she. Yeah, she does. She's washing the blood she's and grime not off of him. him. Water to drink. No, she's but bathing but him. It was it was there right in front of him. He could have drunk it if he wanted to. Yes, but still, I mean, there's also the fact that like no one really likes blood, dried blood on them. Yeah, just like sitting there. And so she has to bathe him by hand because she doesn't trust herself to scourgeify him with her left hand. And we find out how she injured herself. She had the map. And she burned it to keep hiding students safe from Voldemort. To which I'd ask, why couldn't she just wipe it? Mischief managed. I don't know. Unless Peter told Voldemort how to operate the map. Which, which I could buy. he could have done. And I could have bought Ginny not knowing whether Peter told Voldemort or not and just extra being extra safe. I could also map. I could also buy Ginny not knowing how to wipe the map. Yeah, wasn't it turned on already? It was it was turned on already. On already. She I don't think she knows the secrets of how to work it. She I like the plan. Ginny does not know how to work the map, so she's like, um, there's a map that shows everybody. I'm gonna burn it. Yeah. So she was Definitely forward thinking in that regard, because it's like Remus says in Prisoner of Azkaban to Harry, in the wrong hands, this is a map to you. Oh, yeah. In the oh, wrong yeah. hands, this is a map to any students who are hiding. Not only that, but, I mean, Voldemort with a map of Hogwarts, he could set up uh. his guard post in Hogwarts, and anybody that approaches Hogwarts, I mean, there would be no winning. Right. Oh, yeah. And that's why we had a um, smart the, girl. We like the fic that you guys are editing right now. They had Voldemort had the map. And yes. It caused all kinds of havoc at Hogwarts. So it, this time around, we would be careful. This time around. Yep. And 
I don't remember this, and that's incredible how drunk I am. It's this time around. Uh, well, whatever. I was talking to you about it earlier today before you were drunk, and you didn't remember then either, so it's okay. No, I didn't remember the, the conversation about racism. That's different. So Ron wants to come in, but he has taken it upon himself to keep people out of the room. And Molly's very proud of him. She is. Which she and should be, because Ron has actually grown in this fic. It's so nice to see Ron be a likable person, especially for me, who someone is, as someone who doesn't like Ron all that much for reasons previously discussed. It's it's is nice to finally have a fic where I can like him and say, "Way to go." It's not even that for me. It's it's, it's my frustration with Ron really stems from the fact that in fandom. He doesn't grow at all, and I hate it when characters don't grow. I hate it when characters don't learn anything. There's a reason why I really hated Great Gatsby when we read it for English class my senior year, because none of the current characters learned anything from that lesson. And Ron is the epitome of no one learning anything in all of fandom. And, and yeah. this is one of the few fics that he actually learned something. And it's just like, I'm, it's not even that I like the character better. It's just the fact that he learned something. I'm just like, hey, Ron, you learned something. Yeah. <laughs> Ron's characterization, person. Ron's character doesn't grow in the canon, and he actually regresses quite a bit yeah. between oh, yeah. Prisoner of Azkaban and Goblet of Fire. Which is, I mean... It's really frustrating as a reader because you want to like him because he's Harry, Harry's best friend. But you're, yes. sitting, you're sitting there and you're going, why is Harry friends with this guy? He's a freaking idiot. Right. But, but um, not in this fic. In this fic, he's grown. But we I, you know, why. which is why it's just a, a great breath of relief to see a fic where Ron grows. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not even that he's a more likable character. It's just that he learns a lesson. And it's fabulous. He's a more real to see character. He's more real. You know, people learn from their mistakes. Mm-hmm. He learned from his. Yeah. So we're in Chapter 65 now, and all the Weasleys have piled into the room, and Molly is crying over Hermione. Yes. And Molly is cursing. Yes, which I love. That was very cool. And... The news about Harry being an Animagus has leaked to the press, and no one cares. <laughs> yeah, it's not a big just... deal. They're like, oh, who cares? Voldemort's dead. Ding, he's dong. Harry frickin' Potter. Yep. He's Harry frickin' Potter. You're the coolest kid in the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> The twins come over and sit down. Ron sits down next to Knight, and he's just kind of there for friendship and solidarity. But the twins come over and plop down in front of him, and they're like, wow, you're cool. And all Harry can think of is, you're in my way. I can't see Hermione anymore. <laughs> you're between me and Hermione. Get out of the way. Yeah. And Ron's So says, I can understand where they come from, because every time Harry's upset, this is what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The joke, they try to cheer him up and make him laugh. I'm, I don't know how they expected Jack to laugh. for the heirs to learn. Like, exactly. That, and I he mean, likes it then. He does like that because they're the ones who aren't taking it, it all seriously. Yeah, because it's everything's a joke to them, and he takes relief from that. Yeah, and but I think, I think it's, the situation it's, is not something that he finds funny or no. finds laughter suitable or appropriate. Right. Maybe, like, once Termini wakes up, she, he'd be okay, but yeah. at this point. And, 
there's a quote oh, here. It's God. McGonagall talking, I think, to Dumbledore. And she says, well, what if Hermione were to die? Harry would change back eventually, wouldn't he? And Dumbledore says, I honestly do not know if he would. But but what what would the wizarding world do with a hero who's forever a jaguar? Learn to send stakes instead of fan mail. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love that. And at that moment, I was just like, I kind of want Hermione to die just so Harry remains the jaguar because that would just be a very interesting end of effect that no it one's done be. before. But it would be a very bad ending to a fic that has largely been a romance. That's very true. I don't care. This is not then the action-adventure sort of story. Hell, we're getting the whole conclusion to the big story of Harry Potter, which is Voldemort, halfway through fifth year. I'm just saying for the audience's benefit, because I know Death Row is the one who suggested that I start drinking, because this is the this is the mushy stuff. Like, this is the really mushy stuff. And I would be vomiting in the corner if I were sober. Okay. Well, Trisha would be proud of you. She would be. I like Arthur here, because the twins are trying to tease Goat Harry, and Arthur comes over and says, don't you two have better sense than to heckle a dragon? And they're like, come on, Dad, it's just Harry. But they don't have better sense. Just Harry, who relieved you-know-who of his head. The twins looked a little ill and seemed (laughs) unfathomably younger than he just then. Go to your mother. She can use some comforting. And try to keep your mouth shut. Why does Molly need comforting? Oh, it's Molly, I guess. She's upset about Hermione. Because it could have so easily been one of hers. (laughs) She's projecting. I guess. Fine. And they they try to stem the tide of what the parents told people and stuff, but the Daily Potter, the Daily Potter, wow. I <laughs> Daily Potter. One. Sometimes it does seem like it's you know, the Daily Potter. I think they should change the name. There was um, a fic that I, I don't remember it at this point, but I, there was a fic that I read where the Daily Prophet had a weekly column called Potter Spotters. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I can see that. So as Harry was growing up, it was like little snippets of people who spotted Harry Potter in London. I like that Harry gets his news from McGonagall and Dumbledore as they talk outside his door. They Mm -hmm. don't quite realize how good his hearing is, so he's finding out everything he needs to know. So the ministry has put him on the registry. No, you know, no fuss. Yeah, nobody cares. He killed Voldemort. He gets away with everything. We've agreed, this is where they agreed to tell the everyone that the Death Eaters were taken by su- surprise and that they're the ones that mm-hmm. killed them, not him. Yeah, I don't think I anyone's going to uh, care. Nope, I don't think so either. I, I'm kind of sad about Snape being dead right now because I I kind of miss the groaning over Harry getting away from, with everything. Because that, that balance needs to be met. Yeah, yeah that's true. I'm very sad Snape is dead too. So they're worried about him because he hasn't changed back and what that means about his state of mind. And And we move into Chapter 66, where there's an author's note here that says, if you don't like the way I'm writing, stop reading. And my comment, that's a a hell of a thing to say when you're on the third to last chapter. Yeah. Apparently somebody's been reviewing it that she didn't like. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I can totally... Understand. Oh, I, I understand the principle from... entirely. If you don't like it, no one's forcing you to read it. But 
I feel the, like she has two chapters to in the epilogue. This is not the time to tell people to stop reading. I, I feel like she had to reiterate it because I, I feel like a lot of people didn't like how the final battle went. So they wrote in bitching about it. She had to kind of like remind everyone, like, you don't have to read this. You can press the back button. This wasn't the story she was trying to tell. She wasn't trying to have a a big battle scene where you see in so many fictions and canon and everywhere that the final battle is a big deal. Here it's not. It's happening at uh, roughly Christmas time. You know, it's after the holidays and right. such and about to start up the new term. This is very, very atypical for it, – it doesn't happen at all in the canon, and I don't see it happen too often in fiction either. Which I like. Which re- like it's typical. just reminiscent of this line that Ryan has shared with us before. Oh, well, we got a lot of well, – a couple of months here before the final battle. And everyone looks at him. What? The final battle always takes place in May. Don't you know that? <laughs> But it's, I mean, it's so true, and I, 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 I will say that I really do like it when authors go off the equation and yes. and take a left turn and and say, no, I'm going to do it this way because this is the story that I want to tell. And the first time I read this through, I had no thought to Harry and Hermione are missing classes right now. No, you don't think that. But I mean, it's true. But but we're so. We're so positioned, we're, we're so, um, ingrained, ingrained, trained to think that the, the battle happens in May and then the afterwards happens after finals that we're not used to Harry and Hermione are missing classes while they heal from the final battle, yeah. which I like because that's something that, that's the type of part of the fic that will make me want to come back and really look at a fic and look at what I missed because that's why I like the Harry Potter canon because I can, after 10 years of reading it, I can go back and find things that I have still missed. Right. Oh yeah. Always. So we we're jumping to chapter 66 and the Grangers are with Lupin are, are having a spot of tea and Lupin rushes in from the flu and says, Voldemort's dead. And they Yay. rush to the hospital because Hermione's been hurt. And they get told she's an animagus, and hilarity ensues. We learn that the curse is eating her body and her magic. Yeah. Very bad juju. And Very bad. But they got her there quickly, so he was able to stop it. But it may be turning her into a squid. A squib? No, squid actually gets used in here. Jake uses squid. Squid? Okay. And he's using, he's trying to say squib, but they're, they're saying that the curse could consume her magic and she'd be left without any powers whatsoever. What, like a squid? <laughs> no, you mean squib. <laughs> yeah. It, it made me giggle. Yeah, I can see that. Because that's just, you wonder where the giant squid came from in the lake and is that the where, previous. That's where it it's came the, from. <laughs> it's the previous victim of this curse. Um, oh, I see. It's good to know. Yeah. The Swick is teaching us all sorts of stuff. It is. So the doctor lets him know that she's, you know, in pretty bad shape, but they're doing everything they can. Yes. Uh, I love Jake. Uh, please, we're doctors. You can tell us the technical. <laughs> the technical no, you can't. They're not doctors. You're dentists. dentists. <laughs> Is she going to die? Uh, yeah. 
lots of fun hospital room type scene here. And next chapter, these are short chapters toward the end. Did they you notice that? Chapters toward the end. 67, I have two notes here. Hermione wakes up, Harry finally changes back, he says he loves her, all is well. That's chapter 67. That's basically it. We do have uh, Miranda getting him to eat because everybody's tried to get him to eat. Nobody would. Nobody could. Yeah, he but has he does some... eat for her. I kind of like that, I will say. Uh-huh. Just because, you know, this was this huge... Uh, the portion of this fic, I, I don't like romance. You know, like, I, everyone in the That's world knows that I romance. don't like romance. I kind of liked it because it was this very nice, soft break from the ro- romance of Harry sitting there in his enemy's form of Hermione's hate hurt. Hermione might die. Oh, my God. Hermione might die. Like, I, and, Is and she breathing? Almost, Is she breathing? Yeah, it's just like... I need a break from all this because it's just too much romance and too much single-mindedness because in reality, it's horrifying when somebody that you love dies, but you move on and you, and you go on and there's no, you know, this whole, you know, one true love, you know, you complete me type thing. You know, I just don't believe in it. And I really just kind of like this nice breath of fresh air that is, you know, okay, so Miranda is doing something practical and Hermione is, uh, Hermione, Miranda is getting Harry to eat because Harry needs to eat because without food, Harry will die, especially in panther form because in panther form, I'm assuming that he burns calories quicker than when he's in human form, so. But he's not doing anything. He's laying there. He's not doing anything. You still burn calories when you sit there. Yeah, by being alive, you burn calories. But he's not burning that many. So. It's not like he's going running and chasing stuff. So. But yeah. point taken. So. so Hermione wakes up, and she's thirsty, and her back hurts. And then all of a sudden she panics because she thinks about Harry, and Harry says, I'm here. Mm-hmm. And I did like creaky, we got this. Hasn't been used in a while. Right. I did enjoy that we got this from Hermione's point of view, and so we yes. don't see Harry's change. It's just, I'm here. Guilt. Right. And they confess their love and cat pukes and then... No, yeah. I don't puke. I drink. Okay. Then we move to the epilogue. Yay, we... chapter 68. It's the day before Christmas. Okay, now I have to Finally say this. I, I told somebody this. I don't know if I said it on the podcast or not, but I had a few minutes left to listen to. I thought I'd listen to it all, and I had a few minutes left. And so I put it on while I was on the exercise bike at PT, and usually when I do that, I have one earphone in my ear and the other one in my shirt so that I can hear people if they talk to me. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people can hear what I'm listening to if I have it up too loud. And the sex scene was what came on. And I'm like, ooh, ooh, I can't listen to this here. I have to turn Sue, this down. I have to turn this Sue, down. You, you told the story about two hours ago. Yeah, I thought maybe I had, but I couldn't remember. I did. It. I told Scott, too, so I could. Yeah, that's okay. So that's fine. You remembered that even though you're drunk, that's you good. I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. So, it's <laughs> and I'm continually drinking through the scene because this is completely disgusting to me. Yeah. And oh, you you don't like the fact that he brought Kiki back carrots from where he was? No. Yeah, he was up at school in the Great Hall and he operates to Camelot here. Mm-hmm. This is this is far too much like the epilogue of Doomed for, for me. Well, five years have passed, four and a half. Harry's 20. Hermione's pregnant. Ginny is in Romania studying to be a dragon keeper. Dumbledore is still headmaster. 
No, five years, five years have passed because it's Christmas Eve. Right. And that only happened a few days after Christmas Eve. True. So five years. We learned yep. that Hermione is writing Harry's biography because they don't trust anyone else to do it. Yeah. She thinks it's going to take her forever. And he's like, that's fine with me. Yep. And I can buy it. still, like, completely gross. And they're going to give it to Ron, and he and Harry are going to make sure that Hermione gave herself enough credit because she saved their asses on so many occasions. Well, she always yep. does. And we learn that Harry has paid for Uncle Ben and the family to come and visit. I thought that was nice. Can I, can I just nice. say, when I heard Uncle Ben just now, I was just like, so Peter Parker is going to come visit <laughs> Cross this is terrible. Yes. No, yes, he is. And Aunt May. And... I'm sorry that I've been watching superhero movies all weekend and all for the beginning half of this week. So, like, my mind when I heard Uncle Ben was on Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Okay. So... Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Catches, spins a web. Uh, Any size. Catch it, please, just like flies. Thieves, just Look like out. flies. Here comes, Here comes Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Okay, Spider-Man. now there's some thinking on the podcast. And so they're going at it hot and heavy. Harry is angling for a snog and then a shag, and they're just about to get naked when the fireplace flares up, and it's Arthur Weasley come to visit. Arthur Weasley has Christmas the worst present. timing ever. He does, he does. But you know what? He should offer him a few tips, like don't shag in front of the fireplace. That would be a good one. I love Arthur. that Harry has to stand behind Hermione because <laughs> his pants butter. are a little tight. <clears throat> Uh, we can yes. say. <laughs> and and so. Arthur, I love Arthur. Oh, sorry to interrupt. I'll just leave these presents with you and you two can get back to holiday shagging. <laughs> he knows exactly what's going on. I, just, I love the fact that Arthur has no shame about it. It's just like, it's been, I, we, he's clearly he's done it so many times. Kids. He doesn't care. He's been interrupted in bed so many times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fred and George caused an explosion, or Ron is screaming because they turned his teddy bear into a spider, or this, or that, or I would I probably walked in on him more times than not. Probably. I would love it if some author did a series of one-shots of the Weasley siblings walking in on Molly and Arthur doing it. Okay, there's a plot money. We there, there's about. a challenge for you. We'll, we'll give points for this. Really, we will. Yeah. Hey, I, I can read. do this now. I'll give points. No worries. And the, he's there because he wants to tell them about the memorial. And at first, the ministry wanted to put up 20-foot-tall statues of each of them. Right. And they're like, and ah! It's a horrible idea. Well, that's what I told them. So instead, we get something tasteful, and he's brought them a complimentary replica of the real painting. The original is 20 feet tall, because the ministry has some sort of preoccupation with 20-foot tall monuments, and on Liberation Day, it will be hung in the main lobby of the Ministry of Magic. The plaque on the frame will say, in commemoration of the heroes of the Wizarding World, Harry Potter and Hermione Granger, 
stone above has the Animagi, Knight, and Sage Hunter. With undying gratitude and eternal thanks from the world of magic, hung this fifth Liberation Day. A bit overdone, I know, but they're public figures. They're ripe with cheese. <laughs> Which is just great commentary, because this whole thing is hysterical. Because Harry did all the hard work. Sage Hunter killed some Death Eaters, but really, she belongs on the Harry Potter monument? Really? 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 Oh, well, she does. I, I she think they would. I, I think the the people would do it just to make Harry feel like he would accept it. Like, because Harry by himself, he would not accept it, even if it was me. True. He would say, no, I didn't do anything. It was all Hermione. Yes, she helped a lot. She helped a lot. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I could, I could kind of see it, but at the same, and I like that they did not name it Harry Potter Day. They named it Liberation Day. I did love that hint there. Like, well, we could have called it Harry Potter Day. No! Don't you dare! It's like um, I've I've seen a lot of fan fictions, or or at least some that hint at there are still some places in England that celebrate Harry Potter Day on Halloween, <laughs> and I love it because it's just it, it's such a great callback to canon that never gets used. Yeah. So this was a, another great callback to canon that never gets used. I bet for ten years or nine years they were celebrating Harry Potter Day every Halloween. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they decide that they're going to uh, try shagging in the bedroom after Arthur leaves so they don't get interrupted again. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh... Brilliant idea. Brilliant, yes. It's like, what? what's the fic where they're shagging all over the house? Paradigm of uncertainty. Yep. Yeah. We end with... They don't want the house to be too big because they waste time looking for each other. <laughs> <laughs> Though they could always smell each other out as a uh, sage hunter and knight. That's very yeah. Yeah, that, That's true. I drank more alcohol. Okay. Yeah. So. The beast of the beast is calling. The mind bends down to wait. Like the stealthy lord of the jungle, the man calls to his mate. Yay. And that's the end. That Yay. is Yay. 68 chapters covering half a year. Yep. Well, actually, I got the... No, no. Three quarters of a year. Nine months. Two-thirds. Enough time to make a baby. <laughs> uh, very true, very true. So, yeah, here we are at the end. What'd you think? So go first. I liked it. I have not read Harry Hermione. Well, I guess I read the one, but nothing like this one before. I thought it worked really well that she gave us enough background to make it work. I agree with Death Roll that Ron is amazing in this and that he, you know, he starts off being the prick that he can be and he grows and it's really nice to see that. The wandless magic in the Animagus form, yeah. You could say that it happened because he was so mad and it was more like unintentional, you know, how magical children do wandless magic rather than the fact that they've been practicing, 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 because I don't Mm -hmm. think he would have ever been able to do it. And probably if Hermione hadn't been struck down the way she was, that wouldn't have happened. But he was so pissed Mm -hmm. and wanting to get to her that he wasn't playing games anymore. It was very animalistic. It was very animalistic and dark. And it was easier for that to come out because he was, in fact, an animal, feeling an animal's emotions. Yeah. I, you know, I liked it. It was, it's a good fic. I, we wouldn't have done it if we didn't think so. So, 
I like the ending. I love Arthur in this. He's just, he's got a great sense of humor and it shows. And you kind of know where the kids get it from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So apart from the last, you know, eight chapters or so that we covered tonight, and and that's purely on a personal preference of not liking too much romance in my fic, because I prefer angst and adventure over, you know, kissy, kissy, lovey-dovey bullshit. Um, Tell us what you really think. <laughs> I'm so she drunk is. off my I'm drunk off my ass right now. <laughs> uh and Deathrow can tell because he's talked to me enough that he knows when I'm drunk. Mm-hmm. Um I, I still really enjoyed it. I mean I've read a lot of Harry Hermione and I feel like I, I agree with that that though I do not ship, I feel like Harry Hermione works better for the canon evidence that we are given. Because Hermione Ron just, you know, Ron's an ass in 90% of canon. And he has 10% of good moments. And it feels like a stretch for her to, you know, get together with him on that 10%. Especially and stay since, together with him. And stay together on that 10%. I mean, I, I just don't really see it happening. Just based on canon. I, I've seen... Harry, uh, I've seen Hermione Ron fix that work, but like this, they, it takes a lot of the author taking where the, uh, where the characters are and morphing it into Ron growing up and Hermione, you know, kind of meeting him halfway on a lot of things and them kind of becoming adults from, from the kids that they were. The the way I view this is the way that I view all relationship fix is that you can give me pretty much anything apart from, you know, 30-year-old getting together with 17-year-old, and I'm okay with it. Okay. Um, I, you know, I, I, I really have been in this fandom for so long that I could buy anything, and I've seen it all, and... It, it's, you know, I, I just kind of enjoy the little pieces that authors put in, like Ron actually growing, which or, is nice. which is, you know, so fabulous, or Harry mm-hmm. spending the summer with Hermione instead of Harry always spending the summer with, with Ron. There are definitely holes to this story, but no author is perfect. I'm not perfect. Death Row is not perfect. I have, for those who do not interact with me on, in my daily life, I have, you know, bitched to Death Row about his plot holes. So it's not like, you know, I'm only bitching out the fix that we cover. I think that the fact that I'm reading it is commentary to the fact that I think it's good. Right. Just because... I've read enough thick that I don't need to read thick that's bad anymore. Mm-hmm. I paid my dues. If we didn't that, like that. it, we wouldn't be here. That's no, true. No, I would. I would not be here. I would. I would be somewhere else because I do not need to. You know, and and I will say that I did not like this last section, but that is only because of the romance. It's not because of the plot. Because I don't like anybody getting <laughs> with anybody else. Because it's really just too gushy and gross. And, yeah, it's just 
I really enjoyed it as a fic, and I really enjoyed the fact that the author took a lot of time developing the relationship between Harry and Hermione, and also developing the relationship between the trio, and also having Ginny being a present character in the fic. I think she could have used more work keeping some of the secondary characters present, such as Draco or Sirius, but... I'm kind of okay with that. I'm. I it it it, it is on my fi- my good pick list. I will say. Cool. Yay! Well, that makes me very happy because this was the fic that I had recommended for this season for all of the reasons that I've talked about before: the characterization of Ron, the development of the Harry Hermione relationship, based on what we had in canon at this point, and I'm not going to rehash those points here. I'm just very, very glad that everyone did enjoy it. This is a fifth-year story, and I like this point in the canon because the story is wide open, and you can go a lot of different places. I like that the story hits a lot of very familiar beats for a fifth-year story, and it doesn't carry out the plot elements in stupid ways. I did like that. Yeah, there's not a lot for us to say what the hell is going on here. What what is this? What 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 is this? Like Voldemort. What is this? What is this animagus happening in front of me here? What is this nonsense? I'm more thinking this? Karen from Will and Grace. What what is this? What is this? <laughs> what is this, honey? <laughs> it's just I mean, and I am an unashamed harmonian. I like the relationship as it's put here. It's very well done. I didn't like necessarily, or I wasn't 100% enthusiastic about the proposal and they're talking about getting married. And I didn't like the draught of foreknowing, which was really the trigger for the whole thing. I would have preferred it to develop a little more naturally, but nobody's perfect. No fic is perfect except mine. And it is not perfect. <laughs> uh, that's wrong. May I just say one word to you? Knickers. Knickers. <laughs> hey, Can I say we- a second word to you, Hermione? Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's she not about being in the Hufflepuff. It's the fact that he killed her off instead of coming up with a decent plotline for her. This is ten years ago, okay? And besides, I'd like to know what you think would be a good plot for her. If I hadn't done anything with her, she would have died in the bathroom in first year. I like the, I like the concept of her go, not liking Hogwarts after her first year, and Dumbledore getting Remus to tutor her. Yeah, not the story I want to tell. I realize that, but I I was this after we I came up with podcast. that in five minutes yesterday. You can come up with a better plot than she dies. <laughs> no, I wanted to pay tribute to the character, not mess with her, and just leave her as she was. I think she would have made a great Hufflepuff. And she would, of course. I, and I understand that you couldn't figure out what to do with her. I'm just saying that you couldn't figure out what to do with her, and therefore your fic is not perfect. Okay, so <laughs> back to this fic. Back to this fic that we are done covering. I really want to thank you guys for joining me, and I would also like to thank you for participating tonight. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm so entertained by Londo. Ah, good. Well, that is why I am here. And I think everybody out there who puts up with me, you know, my drunk ass when I decide to, you know, drink massive amounts of booze on the the podcast because I can't stand a certain trait. 
I've only done this twice, people. How much mm-hmm. whiskey have you had tonight? Um, four. Four double whiskeys. Oh my goodness. <laughs> You're gonna feel good in the I don't get hungover. Yet. I'm 23. Leave me alone. <laughs> okay. Delta, did you have anything else to say? Aside from the fact that Kat's a young whippersnapper? Yeah, I think we already figured that one out. Okay. We'll say goodnight. Goodnight. Goodnight, everybody. Buenas noches. That's Kat's signature sign-off. It's wonderful. (laughs) Hey, everyone. A few weeks ago, our friendly neighborhood author of Vox Corporis, Miss Anthropic, wrote to Sue in response to what she'd heard so far of the podcasts. Thankfully, she was flattered rather than horrified to be covered on our podcast and had a few responses to things that had been said. Apparently, Vox Corporis was actually something of a fluke as she didn't spend a lot of time in the Harry Potter fandom and has since moved on, so she didn't feel particularly comfortable addressing any issues of canon that came up during the discussion. However, she is quite confident on her knowledge of animals and wanted to address a couple of questions that sometimes come up there. Here's what she had to say. Number one, it hasn't happened in the podcast yet, but I fully expect it to, because almost across the board, readers got their knickers in a twist that I interchanged the word panther and jaguar with Harry's animagus form. Panther is not a species of big cat. Panther is the generic term for the melanistic form of any of the big cats. A panther can be a jaguar or a leopard. Theoretically, it could even be a tiger or a puma. The terms panther and jaguar are not mutually exclusive, though many readers felt justified jumping down my throat as if they were. 2. Lionesses can have manes. It is rare, but it has been documented. Most notably in the Okavango Delta in Botswana, lionesses have been found that have full manes. The theory is that these females are all related and share a genetic mutation that caused them to develop the traditionally male feature, but they are real much like the white lions in the Timbavati region of South Africa. They are not common, but they do exist. Now, not having read the fic or listened to our commentary yet, I know, I know, I'll get to it eventually, I don't actually know if either of these points ended up coming up during the podcast coverage, but it's good information to have anyway, whether you heard it mentioned in the podcast or not. So there you are, some interesting facts about big cats from our friendly neighborhood author, Misanthropic. Thank you very much to her for writing in. We're always glad when authors do respond to our podcasts. And don't forget, the rest of the listeners are allowed to respond as well. If you have some comments you'd like to make on the podcast, you can send Sue or I an email, and we will read them out for you like this if you like. Or you can come by the forums at potterficforum.com and make comments in the threads about the podcasts. Finally, if you'd like to have your own voice on the podcast, you can also send in a voicemail version of sorts by recording an MP3 and emailing it again to Sue or Ryan or myself. Hopefully you've enjoyed our podcast coverage of Vox Corporis. I really have to go back and listen to it myself. Have a great day, everyone. So hold on to the wonder that those Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.